పొలం గట్టు దుమ్ములో నా పోట్ల చిత్త దూకినట్టు పోలే అమ్మ జాతరలో పోత రాజూగినట్టు ఇర్రు సెప్పులేసుకోని కర్ర సాము చేసినట్టు మళ్ళీ సొట్టు నీడలో నా కుర్ర గుంపు కూడినట్టు ఎర్ర జొన్న రొట్టెలో నా మిరప దొక్కు కలిపినట్టు నా పాట చూడు నా పాట చూడు నా పాట చూడు నాటు 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 నీల నాటు It is a Monday edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. We just have to wait and see what the results of the Oscars would be so that we can come here and give spicy hot takes on all the goss from a little place I like to call La La Land. Little name I came up with. I've just invented it there just for this podcast. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about wrestling. We have a pay-per-view to talk about. It feels like a million years ago, lads. Can you believe we have a pay-per-view since we last did this broadcast? AEW Revolution. We're going to talk about that. We, being myself, Barry Murphy, one of the hosts here at the Chair Shop Podcast, join as always by my ever dependable co-host slash pals. First of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello, Barry. Sad that um, Joe was tweeting all that stuff, and we had to have him step away from the podcast for a week. But uh, oh, sorry, news just in. I'm apologizing to Joe. He's allowed to do that. Now. <laughs> Joe was like, "Yeah, we." I mean, look, Joe got a little bit out of line. He was tweeting. Um, I think that was a bloody good episode of Monday Night Raw. I think Paul's a genius, and I think he's really onto something here. I call him Papa H. Actually, I'm like, all right, you need you need some you need some paid leave, brother. Okay, you need to, uh, and that's that's you know that flies in the face of the ethics of our corporation. Uh, but he is back, Joe Towner. I'm back. I'm back. I'd like to thank uh, all of the emailers who uh, boycotted and didn't, <laughs> didn't send in an email last week uh, in my honor. And all the listeners who just didn't listen. Uh, yes. Thanks for the support. It means a lot. No, their message is loud and clear. You can all come back now. You can all come back now. We're sorry about that. Um, anyway, uh, we've got a, a staff line up here. I mean, do you guys want to talk about the the, the old the old footy guff, which it wasn't really footy guff, footy adjacent yeah. guff, yeah. the whole yeah. BBC buster? But I thought it was quite fascinating. I mean, I'm I'm I I. Uh, on some kind of instinctual gut level, I'm really kind of reserved when it comes to trying to give a golf clap and plaudits to a really rich man for right. for, for taking that. But I do think I, I I do think it was pretty gutsy. Um, well, not he was kicked out, but it was gutsy of of of, of uh, Lineker's uh, uh, co-hosts and pals and and um, colleagues to. Um, stand by him you know he was dead right and more importantly than being right or wrong he's well entitled to as we as our god-given right as men is to tweet we love to do it we love to tweet and podcast those are the two things men like to do men be be tweeting and podcasting and he's dead right to do it on his free time uh, but what did you boys make of it that whole that whole storm teacup i i agree if if someone tried to get me to stop tweeting that's the only kind of red line i have Anything else, I'll just crumble like a paper cup. But if you try to get me to log off of Twitter.com, I will go up against the whole might of the government and the national broadcaster. That's fine. Um, I think he knew that generally people would be behind him because it was very unfair. And I, I think what made the big difference was obviously 
effectively it became like a strike. BBC football, the whole of BBC football went on strike. Yeah. And I think it really started with Ian Wright's tweet. You know, he came out very, quick, very quickly and said, yeah, I'm not going to do the show either. And at that point, that became then the kind of um, you know, yardstick. And if anyone else did do it, it's like, well, <laughs> now you're a scab. So once once Ian Wright kind of set that set the tone for for the week, um, it was hard for anyone else not to not to go against him. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, it's just a big fumble by the by the BBC to take their most popular presenter <laughs> to task over something that wasn't that controversial really, and it's his own opinion, and it's on Twitter, and he never says anything political on Match of the Day. Uh, except when they get him to and it's all about Qatar, <laughs> then it's fine. Um, yeah. But he never expresses any kind of opinions on UK politics on the television. Um, so I, th- I think there was only one way it was ever going to end unless they fired him, but that would be a complete fucking hand grenade to let off. Um, so yeah, glad things are back to normal. Best part, of course, was all the absolute uh, twats going... Mm. I actually prefer match of the day without commentary or pundit. <laughs> yeah. Only being twenty minutes long and not having any uh, replays or lineups or. Sorry, lads, it's not about the bloody football, is it? Not about the bloody football, lads. <laughs> People have never watched a game in their lives. Um, <laughs> stick to rugby, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hang on now. We'll it was it was interesting because I feel like for the most part, left and right kind of united. In one of the rare cases where you yeah. see that happen, a lot of people turn around and went, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're fucking with my match of the day now. Mm. Um, and I, I, I think the best uh, analogy, I think, for the, the, the few weirdly often British MPs <laughs> who came out and said, well, actually, this is, I think, better, was uh, the, the Shelby Villian sucking the lemon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was pretty on the ball going, actually, this is, this is better. I, one person was like, uh, they showed replays so I could understand the penalty calls. <laughs> I think you find match of day has been shown replays made for the better part of 50 years. And, and also penalty, penalty call. Penalty call. Yeah. This is not the NFL. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and then one going, it was over quick so I could get out to the pub. You know that you could like tape the football if you want to go out to the pub. Yeah, I mean, yeah. again, also, watch it on your phone. Like, it's also a thing, you know. So most people watch it when they get home from the pub. They yeah. don't watch. Yeah. they don't rush out at quarter to eleven and say, "Well, time for a quick pint before the pubs close after the old match of the day." Um, yeah. When I when I really realised I was missed match of the day was when I recorded goals on Sunday on Sky. And it used to be goals on Sunday. It used to be a couple of old pros or sat in a, on a little bonquette and a kind yeah. of naff studio spending 90 minutes reviewing all the goals and patting each other on the back and on the thigh. Um, now it appears goals on Sunday is two divs in a studio with all the, it has all the, like the news scrolling along the bottom and along the side. And they just say, oh, here's some goals. And they just, they just, there's nothing. There's no analysis yeah. or anything. I don't know what, I was like, what? I, it was, that was very disappointing. But Sky Sports has really gone in that direction this last couple of years. It's it's all YouTubers and influencers yeah. are hosts oh now. Yeah. Um, but I'm on, I'm on Chris Kamara. And well, Chris Kamara, unfortunately, is not. Rodney Marsh. Able. <laughs> Rodney Marsh. And Rod what? Little. Rod Little hosting it as well. Um, He's too busy making Frasier. <laughs> but... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that, I mean, what this proves to me is, on one hand, like I said, there are certain issues that, that weirdly people can unite on. It is possible. Mm. But also that incremental tribalism truly knows no bounds. That, you know, people will, just to be on what they consider the right side, will literally argue in favor of anything. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, a very, a very odd, funny situation in a way. With, with obviously a very unfunny situation at, at the core of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, well, good on him. Good on him. And uh, that's not even getting into what was the actual crux of the issue in the first place, the Lineker yeah, tweet and, and, and all of that. But, um, yeah, we'll be happy to have Match of the Day because actually, personally, what I would check out Match of the Day for is specifically the analysis because I can watch the highlights in isolation on yeah. YouTube an hour after the game ends. And not yeah. even in a pirated sense. Sky Sports and BT mm. Sports share those on their channels straight away. Straight away after the game's ended. But I, I will usually check it out for, and I saw someone on Twitter as well using inverted commas, the expert analysis. Sorry, if Alan Shearer and Ian Wright, two of the best forwards who've ever played in the Premier League, aren't experts on the topic, I don't know who you want talking about the game. Yeah, but you know who really understands the game? It's my mate down the pub, Owl, Owl. Jez, uh, uh, who who um, who, just as an aside, this isn't really to do with his football skills, but can fit two hundred pork scratching in his mouth at once. Okay, <laughs> he he's a real expert. All these, all these, all these bloody Nancys falling over for hundred grand a week. <laughs> away with it! I don't know what dialect I'm doing there. But. A little bit majority. Yeah, I think you got away with it. You got away with it. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like I said, people will literally, and I know we were going this direction anyway and have been for a while, but people will literally forego logic to argue anything as long as of it's course. on their side of the argument. On their side, yeah. Matters. Anyway, all's well that ends well. He's back. I'm back. <laughs> and I'm better than ever. Just, just a guy like her walking on, doing the Eric Bischoff, pat himself on the chest, point to the crowd as he comes up the match today, doing a, doing a bit of Christian Cage, looking out into the crowd. No, I want, I want him Judgment Day 2000 on a motorbike. <laughs> just choke slamming. He's here. The buzzer goes off. Ah, did that count? <laughs> we need VAR. <laughs> Very good. Anyway, all's well that ends well. A toast, uh, a fresh pack of walkers to that man. Um, anyway, uh, elsewhere in the news, I mentioned it there at the top of uh, the show. Uh, we do have the Oscars to discuss, so we'll do oh. our uh, we'll do our little deep dive of all the winners. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, won them. Okay, cheers. <laughs> um, uh, that's that's the that's the news in brief. Yeah, uh, Paul, you watched the Oscars live, didn't you? Correct. So what what, what did you what did you make of 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 I mean, obviously, the, the Everything Everywhere sweep and then there's the general other kind of notes. From the, the show, show was incredibly boring. One well, of the yeah, mo- I mean, yeah, it is. Bo- yeah. But more so than normal. Bo- boring shit. Yeah. Um, trust the one year I take off. There's Slappens and Kodo wins Best Picture Out of Nowhere. This year, back to the old routine. Nothing of any note happened at all. Kimmel, who I don't dislike at all, but he was just the most bland actively inoffensive host, you know? I would say not watching any of them on a regular basis, he seems like the least entertaining American. Well, actually, no, Corden. I mean, they have Corden. Corden, Fallon. Yeah. 
yeah, Fallon's probably worse than Kimmel. You're right. Okay, he's not the worst. He's not the worst. He's not the worst, but he's 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 very bland. He is very in, bland. in a sense. I, I I was talking about something else today, and uh, I was saying, you know, you have, you got your good and your bad, but in a way, t- the worst thing is being born. Yeah, absolutely. Kimmel has a bit of that absolutely. to him, and the Oscars definitely had a bit of that to it as well. Everything everywhere all at once. I think we can all agree is a very good film. Yeah. However, um. In most of the categories, I felt like there were better options. I feel like best director, fair enough. It was a very well directed film. I don't think yes. you can argue that point. Yeah. Winning three of the performance, like best yeah. actor, is like, oh, come on now, come on now. Um, screenplay that was a feel good moment. Don't get me wrong. It was, feel, it was a lovely moment. I think um, what's his name, Quan, supporting yes. actor. I forget his first name. Sorry. Probably the, my favorite speech of the night because yeah. compared compared to um, Jamie Lee Curtis, his felt very real, very reaction like reacting to oh my god, I've won an Oscar. Hers was like I've won an Oscar, I better do See, another Oscar winning performance as my Oscar speech, yeah. uh, which was made by Toes Curl watching it, <laughs> um, like the witch, Wicked Witch of the West, brother. Um, and then Brendan Fraser won obviously for the Whale. Um, Possibly the worst Oscar-nominated movie I watched this year, but um, is he all right? He he's he was like, sounded like he had run a marathon when he was doing his well, uh, speech. Does he have yeah, some was, health I was, issues? I was talking to someone about this just before we went to the show. He, I uh, I don't know if he has some kind of uh, like latent kind of like anxiety or something. He really because he's he's on a bit of a he's having a real awards tour at the moment. Like he's he's, yeah. he's clean. This is this is the big comeback thing. And I think that's I think that's the thing. I think that's why he first of all gets so extremely emotional. Also, if I could be really horribly cynical, I think that is also part of why he won. Is that he? It's like he was not he, he you know he's not just someone who just kind of disappeared for a while. Whatever happened to him? You know, he, he was really horribly blacklisted for speaking out about mm. about abuses in Hollywood, and it feels a little bit a bit like when. Yeah. You know, Hollywood gives awards to you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, pe- people who who've been through that kind of thing. There's always that kind of thing of, especially the Academy as well. They're the worst people of all. They're the biggest group <laughs> of shitheads, you know. So it's it's you know, I think he, I think he, he's very, I think he's still very overwhelmed by the fact that he's even back at all. I think that still resonates with yeah. him. Um, you know, I think I think you're saying about a, a better nominee in every category i mean i didn't uh, i having not seen the whale so I, I i don't know how good or bad hong chow was in she was, she was good but- i assume she was good but i look at these other name and having not seen wakanda forever i would still <laughs> probably put jamie lee Curtis at the bottom of the list <laughs> i mean she was like and amusing enough comedy i like supporting act like i wouldn't like she's like a fucking tertiary like but that's what even- that's what this oscars felt like specifically is that this was the tipping point of they started introducing the the popularity awards yeah. and now this is just the oscars are now the popularity are now just exactly are, are, are that. because it's like kind of jb lee curtis is lovely everyone likes her she's been around for however many years and she's never won one so she gets it right but like and and not to just get not just to get immediately into the irish salt about banshees of inishirin <laughs> but we'll, I'll, I'll do it now anyway over Kerry Condon? Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis in that movie over Kerry Con- What? Come on. Let's be real for two seconds. 
come on. Like the other ones, the other ones less bothersome, but it bothersome to a degree. But that right. one, I'm like, come on, that's that's farcical. That's farcical. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it, everything everywhere all at once. Your campaign has uh, the meat of a runaway freight train. You know, <laughs> it, it felt like that. It felt like okay, you're watching the Oscars to find out what wins ultimately because there's no other reason to watch it. And so there was a bit of, you know, um, next award. The nominees are and everything everywhere all at once, and then that would win. And then they repeat, 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 repeat mm-hmm. ad nauseum, you know? Um, highlighted show for me was, so we get onto the movie reviews later on, but I did s- slip in an extra movie, which wasn't on my Oscar list before the awards, which was RRR, okay. the Netflix, the Indian Netflix movie. Yeah. You might've heard a little bit about uh, That was a big cult hit of the year. If you want to just like include it in now, if it's part of, you know, you can just. It's an, the- it's an absolute fucking hoot. <laughs> I heard it's. I, I can't. I. I don't know why I haven't gotten around to it. I've heard it's great. I've heard it's. Yeah, I loved it. But it has this. Um, so what it is? What triple R R R whatever you want to call. It. I think R R R is how it's called. I think that's what it's in India. India. It's a. It's a fictionalized version of the story of these two um, real people in uh, heroes from India's um, colonial times past. So the movie is very to do with British colonialism and fighting back against that. But it's not, it doesn't do it with an ounce of, well, here's here's what really happened. It's, it's basically a superhero movie where these lads are fighting tigers and throwing tigers at the Brits. <laughs> and it's just completely <laughs> wacky, right? In, in classic Bollywood fashion. But there's this musical dance number in it. Natu Natu, mm-hmm. which was performed at the Oscars and, and went on to win Best Original Song, the first ever Indian um, song not to nominate to win uh, that award, mm-hmm. which is just a wonderful part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, super, super creative as well, that movie. Um, it, in, in a way that kind of reminded me of The Raid, but in a very different way. Um. So, like, the movie opens up with this big action scene where it's one guy fighting a sea of about 10,000 people. And they kind of pile in on him in the dog pile. And then you have the camera underneath, and he's, like, fighting people from within. And there's people on top making kind of, like, a a, a dome of humanity around him. (laughs) The camera's inside as he's fighting people. And it's just, it's constantly that throughout. It's stuff you've never seen. Creativity in a way that you've never seen, that you only get from stepping outside and watching Bollywood movies or South Korean movies, like you know, your parasite. You you would never get something like that from a country aside from South Korea, you know? Yeah. Very much like that. Absolutely. Now it is three hours and five minutes. Bollywood movies, generally speaking, are quite long. Yeah. That's just how they do. Um, but it's it's an absolute thrill ride. It's action scenes, un, unbelievable action scenes. In in again, a way I was thinking, how, would this work in American cinema? And it would be kind of like, no, because it would be too silly. It would almost play as comedy. But in Bollywood, it's done without an ounce of irony, or I don't want to say self awareness because obviously it's very self aware. But it's like it takes stuff so seriously that it works, even though it's completely ridiculous. And uh, yeah, I mean, Triple R, or I keep calling Triple R, RRR, George RRRRR Martin, um, 
it's it's tremendous. It's 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 really just incredibly fun. Now there's been articles and so on about the politics of it and how it potentially portrays, you know, modern day Indian politics or, or relates to that. But obviously, I mm-hmm. I can't speak to that. I have no idea. But purely as a film, my God, you 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 won't see a, a more fun film probably all year, and it's got not to not to in it, which is a uh, slaps. But it, it, it only got the original song nomination, then it didn't get. That was it. I think it was pretty harsh. And then, like like everything, I mean, yeah, I, I think people were questioning. Oh, you know, does does the panel full of crackers not like the representation of 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 the Brits in the movie? Maybe. I mean, but also it's just it's also like that's as popularity focused as these awards become. I still don't think they're going to go. But but also super actually kind of thing you know but the oscars are, are an american movie awards yeah true as well yeah yeah it, it's it's not really a world cinema awards to be fair yeah you have your anomalies like your parasite but that is the odd thing about it, it it's the, the the waters are so murky when it comes to that kind of thing do you know what i mean like what what gets classed as an international film and what's a, a film that they'll just consider but, you, you know, know I mean? at its core an american institution with the, like the academy which votes on films that it sometimes does they don't even watch yeah and of the films they do watch in america they're not necessarily going to go out of their way and watch a, a tangaloo language indian film that's three hours long <laughs> you know right but i mean i would even say to me it was a more satisfying movie it, it, it even in a, in a very similar madcap screwball way to something like everywhere all at once whatever fucking name of the movie is <laughs> everywhere everything all at once well, i don't know whatever it's called everything it, everywhere go on it, yeah. it's similar to that in that it's like just bonkers but um in a more satisfying way that also doesn't feel bloated or anything i will say there are negatives to it right the portrayal of the english in a very literal way meaning the acting is absolutely dreadful <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay we want to cast the english as the heels so let's do a meta thing here and just cast the shittest actors we can find that'll really make people hate them um dreadful dreadful actors but but I, in a way that i think that the their performance comes off as bad because i think they were enunciating in a way that they could be understood by indian audiences because they speak in the movie like this to each other they don't speak normally, um, but it comes off like they're like bad actors. But um, no, it's 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 fucking great, and it, it it wins my best picture. How about that? I'll give my award out. Best picture. Well, there is, you is go. Horror. That's all that matters. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I I was obviously disappointed by a lot of the winners. I mean, because <laughs> it was everything, everywhere, all at once, nearly every time. The appropriately named everything everywhere all at once at the yeah, every award all at once. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it was nice. The way winless was pretty brutal. I mean, I thought that was uh, yeah. I mean, the best films of the last few years. I would have said I just really loved. I would have maybe had it for screenplay over everything yeah. everywhere all at once at least. Um, but that's I, I, and that's kind of the biggest problem of that film winning everything is not only Banshees of Inisherin, but I felt like there was a lot of films that will now get overlooked because that scooped up everything. Totally, yeah. Like, you know, After Sun, definitely. After Sun, I mentioned too, Causeway yeah. as well. Yeah. A great little yeah. gem that probably people just won't check out now. Won't, won't get to see it. 
yeah. with, with a great Brian Tyree Henry performance in it. Um, and it's it's a really good film. I mean, it's one of those ones I hate to knock it because it's not terrible, but you know, it's it's um, yeah. I hate to knock it too, but I even feel for me now because of this. I almost start to feel a bit of resentment towards it. I almost like it less now. And I'm like, I don't want to be one of those weirdos. I don't want to be one of those people. But I I almost am. Yeah. Um, Anything anything that you think should have been nominated that wasn't? Ooh, I'd have to have a look at my... I saw um, uh, Owl Deakey, Owl Roger Deakins, was saying that it was pure pure snobbery that the Batman wasn't nominated for, for cinematography. Oh, fuck. For cinematography, Listen, I, I, as, as, as the lo- Among all the people I know, as the lowest man on the, of people I know on the Batman, I was very happy it got shag all except It was nothing. It was like, like I, it's it's like one of the best rated films on Letterboxd. It's like everyone I know talks about it like it's the greatest, the best Batman film ever. Fuck off! It's not even as good as the worst Nolan. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I, well, no, I got a second though. I haven't watched. I haven't watched <laughs> Rises in a while. I might I reserve the right to take that back. <laughs> I know I, I'm the high man on the Batman on this podcast, but I, I must say I wasn't watching the Oscars. Going, lads, have you forgotten about Robert Pattinson? Have you forgotten? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, I'm like, what? Okay, I, you know what? I'd, I'd almost even give him sim- cinematography, and I think the music one as well. What else would you give it for? Pattinson completely overrated performance. Didn't rate it at all. Mm. Uh, you know, what, and what else would you give? I, you know, like I, I just didn't. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the Batman. Um, yeah, I think it was nominated for best costume and costume hair. and music were the two yeah. awards it got. Yeah, um, what won best music? Was that everything? Everywhere best music was no best music was along the Western Front, which was fair oh, enough. Which I, which I, I, I loved that. I loved that score. Okay. Um, let me see if on my on my letterbox.com here if there's anything that's jumping out at me as as a. I think yeah. I, I I talked about it probably when the nominations were announced, but since this, f- for some reason, this film is finally coming out in this market. I legitimately think Mia Goth for for Pearl that was a huge yeah. stuff. I thought because I'm I'm gonna now that that's finally coming out in cinemas here, I'm gonna go see that again. Legit, I mean, it's I would put it in the same like field as as uh, Tony Collette in Hereditary, where I'm like, if this was right. not a horror film, this would have this would have gotten this plot. And I know that's such a hack talking point, but I think it is true. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm not seeing it in here that. I'd really be be jumping up and down about. I mean, c- talk to me next year when Dave Batista doesn't win Best Actor for Knock at the Cabin. <laughs> we might have something to talk about. But um, from last year, no, not really. I'm actually going to pull up my list because I thought I thought last year was really good, but I, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it one of the top. I just put in context. Everything, everywhere, all at once was my 17th favorite movie of last year out of 34. Oh wow! Okay, you were lower. I had it in my second. Okay, so I was much higher on it than you. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, some of the stuff here I'm looking at that didn't get nominated, like you'd never actually like you know expected to to pick up anything super serious, you know. Sim- actually, I forgot per- X also came out last year. You know, X like Barbarian, they're never going to nominate that for no. anything. Nope, didn't really get anything, did it? Nope, 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 it did not. That's that's <laughs> and deservedly so. Ah, no, oh, I, no. Ah, come I, on, forgettable touch. Come on, now, come on now, come on now, come on now. We've all had a laugh. There's no need for that. Well. Uh, that movie, right. that movie won't hold up long in the memory. I'm afraid. <laughs> Even us, which I think is a worse movie, I think will hold up better than Nope. Will. No, 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 no. I think so. Anyway, listen, we're not really getting Nope. That's 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 movie golf and Oscar talk and whatever the fuck. Yeah, Oscar movie golf part two later t- today. Um, uh, what else we got in the non wrestling news from the week, boys? Um, Michelle and I had a posh day out. Go on. Um, 
We went to uh, Fortnum and Masons in London, which is a very, if you don't know, very posh or department store. We thought we we wanted to go out and have a posh breakfast. So okay, thought, let's, let's let's treat ourselves. And they have their uh, they have a restaurant in there called the Parlor, which is actually an ice cream parlor. It's very fancy. It looks like something out of Willy Wonka. Uh, and you kind of go in there. They've got like twenty five different ice creams, and you can get Knickerbocker Glory and Banana Split and all those kind of fabulous old school treats. Um, it was also partly inspired by actually there's another film we didn't mention, uh, Living, starring Bill Nighy, uh, which I thought was uh, very good. Didn't get much love, um, but he in that film he kind of goes off to have lunch at Fortnum and Mason one day, so that's what kind of inspired right, us to yeah, do yeah. this thing. Um, so I had a lovely, oh, lovely uh, scrambled egg on toast with some lovely pork sausages and three lovely big, oh, crispy rushes of bacon. Oh, oh. Bearing in mind, I haven't eaten uh, red meat for six weeks. I've been on a oh, I've been on a very healthy diet. So we've just been eating fish, veggie stuff, uh, occasional bit of chicken, but no, no red meat since Michelle's birthday in in January. So this was the first bit of red meat, and oh, but did I enjoy those those rashers and those little sausages <laughs> and a nice cup of uh, English breakfast tea to, to wash it down. So that was delightful. Um, yeah, highly recommend that if you're on a tourist trip to London, mm-hmm. hop to the old Fortnum and Mason. Maybe we will when Tony Khan announces this AEW show in 2050. Hmm. Yeah, he, hmm. he can fucking buy it for us. This <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out TK, come on, get the money out. Yeah, I also went for a breakfast this week. Go on, no, go on. nothing as posh as Joe's, but um, I went out for breakfast with um, the new friend. And uh, it it was very nice. We went to the Round Tower in Clondalkin, um, Round Tower East Village, and it's it's like a they have the, they have like a Round Tower right in the center of the town. Like in Leakslip, we have our little tower, but it's out the outskirts. They just built their town around it, and they have a nice little uh, visitor center there, a little cafe. Mm. So I had some some lovely toast, some lovely sausies. And rashers as well. Nice, nice. Uh, here's where the poshness comes in now, folks. They didn't just stick two slices of, you know, sliced pan in the toaster. This was proper bread. Mm. Oh. Proper sourdough. And they didn't just, you know, here's two sachets of butter or whatever. It was a little bowl with a little room temperature butter. Oh. Mm. Mm. Ate it all up. Ooh, it was lovely. Very nice. So, very nice. So, um, yeah, I took it as a good sign now because I'm 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 at the point where I'm starting to lose count of how many dates we've been on. Mm. I think that's always a good sign, right? Or maybe it's a bad yeah. sign. Maybe I should pay, pay attention. No, 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 no. It's good. It's. Good. I was like, is this five or six we've been on? Is it five or did I only shoot six? Tell me if you're lucky, punk. Anyway, it was lovely, lovely little brekkie. Oh, and then, um, sorry, I have more news. Uh, then I was eating later in the day, and my crown broke off, and I swallowed it. Oh, God. How is that not the Ooh. lead story? My God. Uh, yeah, so I've got the old, um, not quite a Chris Benoit smile, but on, on the side here, I do just have now, I just have no tooth there now, basically. You'll be filtering your poopies to try and get that out? Definitely not. No, oh. well, well, listen. Crowns are expensive. Just get 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 the sieve out. No, no. Uh, like you're, it's like you're like a gold, gold, <laughs> golden in their poops. <laughs> Wait, those aren't heels. No, 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 no. Fuck, fuck it, fuck it. It's gone. 
I just get a I get implants in or something. Oh, in your arse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, He's done dude. me with my own style of joke. Oh, we're back. We're back. Um well no, I'll have to get it just get get it um extracted now, what's left there. And then maybe get something in. Maybe I'll just leave it. It'll be a character trait. I'll look like one of those rugged boys who's missing a tooth. Cesaro or whatever. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, segue over to wrestling news. And um, uh, once again, uh, Vince McMahon was just, you know, just pottering around backstage um, at Raw. Nothing nothing going on. And he, he calls Triple H up ahead of his, how you doing, pal? Um, I'm really fucking bored at the house. Can I, <laughs> can I come to Raw and also write half of it? And uh, Paul goes, yeah, Vince, uh, but can you do me a favor? Can you, um, a little bit of heat on you still at the moment. So could you try and like turn down how much you look like a sexual predator at the moment? <laughs> And uh, Vince says, don't worry about it, pal. Don't worry about it. I'm, I, I, I'm taking care of it. Anyway, he shows up in Gorilla with this fucking monstrosity on his face. Uh, a tasher. Um, uh, first time in his entire fucking life he's, he's, he's grown a mustache. Uh, if I'm, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen him with like any facial hair at all. I don't think I've ever seen Vince with any, any, any facial hair. No. Mm, no. What's that rumor about Vince? It was in some uh, tweet thread about how apparently he grows like a really thick like beard, and so he's constantly shaving to stop the beard. I don't know if this was completely made up or serious, mm. but that sounds was a rumor like that he hates facial hair or something, which sounds like a Vince thing. Oh, like under, so he was, oh, yeah, he was always shaving because he was like, I don't, want, I don't want a beard. So maybe he's like embraced it. I'm not sure he came out with like the Triple H sideburns, the kind of Harley race sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> Grew his hair out. Yeah, he did yeah. the full Mr. Snrub getup. It was very Mr. Snrub. It's like, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, McMahon doesn't lend itself well to being spelled backwards. But. No. It's just all, all the board members walked in and they were like, get out of here, Vince. Vince? Who is Vince? <laughs> I am now incognito. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's really farcical that that we're still kind of doing this little dance, pretending he's not creatively involved in any capacity. When it's just kind of, the, the the big giveaway to me, and we'll this we'll segue into a kind of a sort of late breaking news about Bray Wyatt shortly. <laughs> One of the big things when they played that I don't know if you saw this this stupid video on Raw two weeks ago of the little. Remember the little pig from when he was the fiends? The little, yeah. the little, yeah. They hit, played this video where it was Bray dancing around and exercising with the pig, inter flashing between images of Bobby Lashley to kick off the the Bobby Lashley feud for me. I was like, this is the most Vince shit I have ever seen in my life. Um, but yeah, we're still kind of people are still trotting out this kind of defense. Oh no, he was just. He was just visiting. Why does Vince visit Raw? Like, why? It's just so ridiculous. Go live your fucking life, you weirdo. <laughs> David Brent hanging out. Yeah, it's yeah, very. It's, like, they want uh, you to think that's what it is, but nah, he's fucking writing that shit. I don't care. The fellow what nicked me job as a booker. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's funny though because Paul is not the COO like I was. Who? <laughs> <no. laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. There was, I think, there was a story going around that he was like visiting John Cena or whatever because they're pals. <laughs> like, what? Can't can't visit him the other six days of the week in his house. You got to go to Raw to see him. Get out of it. Get out of it. But yeah, that's Vince. I mean, I'm wondering how long before they kind of drop the act and just say he's he's right. Raw. That's like, well, I, 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 you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I feel like we're just ticking down until eventually people just admit it. 
Yeah. But anyway, segueing from that onto uh, this sort of the the, the rumor, the whispers uh, uh, today, uh, it seems like uh, it doesn't seem like Bray Wyatt was not at the the house shows at the weekend, which is a Madison Square Garden uh, show, which is quite big. Like the sub Braun Strowman into his spot um, on the show. And uh, there were various uh, uh, whispers and 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 rumors of a uh, creative differences, and, and that he has apparently gone home. And then once that starts going around, people start piecing things together, like 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 Bobby Lashley like demolished Uncle Howdy on Raw, you know, in in a very send him packing kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're kind of waiting for any actual concrete stuff on that. But is this the is this the umpteenth failed Bray Wyatt experiment um, uh, that WWE have tried? I mean, it seems like it peaked, and that peak ended when he returned at Extreme Rules, or whenever it was. Was it Extreme Rules he came back? I can't remember. Did I do they, remember uh, it, there was like le- legitimately huge interest when he first came back, for whatever yeah, reason. but it Obviously, seems like it never reached that height again. It was all downhill from that moment. Yeah. He, he never did anything. And, you know, we we aren't Bray Wyatt fans. No. On this here podcast. But people... Fucking loved the feed. But it seems like this was just a completely flat run where nothing clicked. They never did anything of any real interest to anybody. And, uh, yeah. Well, well, Fightful are reporting a physical issue. So we'll see. What does that <laughs> mean exactly? You can't wrestle. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, he, he retur- he, he's been on the old MJF schedule. He, he What's he done? Like, four matches since he came back well this that's i mean it's what's really i mean, I, I you know i i, I like fight phil i trust most of i i i think that's cover i think he's i think i i mean it's it's i i'm believing the sexier more interesting story but yeah physically like what what's what like he, yeah and, and the last match he did like the biggest bump of the match uncle howard took it you know <laughs> uh, please oh, howdy was my father please um but like yeah like yeah i i don't know I don't know. That seems like that. And also, whenever there's an injury, when do they not just come out and say, hey, there's an injury? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it seemed like, the, yeah, I, I'm with you, though. It seemed like it was, there was tons of interest, and I think it was one of the more kind of obvious failings of the Triple H era uh, that there was all this interest, and then just nothing. It was yeah. just, it was, it, it peaked instantly and then went down from there. And they don't even really get any credit for the peak because the peak was just a return. Oh, it's back. He's just back. Yeah. That's anyone can do that. You can bring anyone in and just peak a bit of interest with that. But uh, developing story, obviously, literally just as we were coming on the air here. So uh, probably by next week, more people will have gone uh, on the record about it. But uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the big news for the week. Uh, we'll stick with the wrestling and we'll segue into Revolution. Um, from well, uh, we have an email first. You still have oh, one? I do have an email. I, I do have an email. Spam, so I didn't read it. I'll read it out. Yeah. I have an email from Jamie um, who emails in subject lost earbud. He says, Hey Joe, congrats on the 600 episodes. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, the story about your misplaced earbud really gave me a mix of deja vu and PTSD as I lost a brand new one when visiting my wife's family in Taiwan over Christmas. My stomach suddenly turned upside down uh, when I had to rush, <laughs> when I had to rush to a Seven Eleven toilet, and it disappeared somewhere in that panic. Well, oh. I dread to think where where it exactly disappeared as you were rushing to the Seven Eleven toilet. Uh, so, good job you didn't lose your crown as well while you were in there. Um, <laughs> he, said, he said, "I didn't notice straight away, 
and didn't want her family to make a <laughs> to make a fuss and explain that I very nearly shat myself. Uh, so I, I just didn't tell anyone. And the headphone is now six thousand miles away. Well, that's that's very sad, Jamie. But I think if you were a real man like me, you'd have got down that goddamn toilet and found that that earbud. If anything, it's not too late. We could always go back. Um, Jamie also includes a very quick uh, quiz for us. Mm. Um, so it's called the name of the, the quiz is Have They Wrestled? And he's got five um, kind of two, five potential matches that may or may not have happened. Okay, for each of you. Um, not necessarily in a singles context, but just two wrestlers. Have they ever you know, okay, faced off yeah. in the ring? Yeah. Um, so we've got five here for Barry and five uh, for Paul. Okay. Um, so I'll toss an imaginary coin. Ooh, it was uh, tails. Sorry, Paul. Uh, Barry, you go first. Okay. Um, <laughs> so number one, uh, have these people ever been in the ring together? Stevie Richards and AJ Styles. Yes or no? I'm going to say yes. That's correct. One point for you, Barry. Uh, this was episode, I believe. I think I've seen that match. Oh, no, this was he says during the Fortune versus EV oh, 2.0 feud in TNA, TNA, yeah, right, oh, yeah. oh, a couple of years ago, basically. Um, so that's one point to Barry. Um, over to you, Paul. Eddie Kingston and Kamala. Um, no. Correct answer is yes. They did actually wrestle. It was a one-minute match in a, a 2008 uh, indie show. <laughs> I wonder who won that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back to, back to Barry. Uh, Kerry Von Erich and Kenta Kabashi. I will say no. You are correct. They never wrestled. Kerry Von Erich did go to all Japan in 1983, but Kenta Kabashi didn't debut there till 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, back to Paul Undertaker and Droz oh I mean Darren Drozdov Darren Drozdov I would I would think the fact that they were both in the WWF at the same time you would you would think they probably would have so based on that I'll say that they pro- they didn't they might have skipped each other somehow Ooh, uh, you're wrong again Paul they actually did wrestle on a, a heat tag team match in 1998 uh, probably the ministry I'm not good at this game I'm too suspicious um, of it. Two, two nil to Barry. Question three: uh, Colt Cabana and Kamala. <laughs> he gets around this Kamala fella. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, like Kamala did a million indie shots. I feel like there's a good chance. I'm going to say yes to that. Incorrect. They never <sighs> wrestled. They never wrestled. They were lovers briefly, but they did not. Yeah, that's no, true. not fighters. Uh, number three for Paul, Charlotte Flair and Labour Bates. Blue pants. Blue pants herself. The librarian. Yeah, maybe in NXT, yeah. Incorrect. No, oh, Paul. You were, you were too gullible that time, actually. You went <laughs> from one, one to the other, so it remains too new to Barry. <laughs> Can um, I just say, everything I've said so far, I just switch it. <laughs> say, the say I said the opposite. I'll edit it. Question four for Barry. John Cena and Horace Hogan. Fuck. Oh, like, yeah, probably super early fucking fucking UPW Deep South bullshit. Probably I'll say yes. That is correct. Um, according to Jamie, they wrestled on two SmackDown house shows in 2002. Wow. I believe Horace Hogan was in um, they brought him in OVW as well. Was he? I, I, I don't like no of that. I was thinking that. 
I was thinking even earlier. I saw a clip of, I think it was Horace Hogan and Brock Lesnar, something like that. Wow. Really crazy. I need to look that up. So 3 0, Barry. So come on, Paul. I'm, I'm going to see. Here. No, no. I'm going to see if I can go for the clean sweep. Okay. I'm zero. Go for zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, number four, Perry Saturn and Rick Martel. The model. <laughs> the model. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say they probably did wrestle in WCW. So my answer is no. That is. Incorrect and therefore correct. They did actually wrestle in WCW in 1998. So Paul stays on zero. Uh, <laughs> a final question uh, for four points. Uh, Yuji Nagata and Marty Jannetty. Oh, uh, yeah. It's surely WCW, surely. Yeah, WCW in 1998. They yeah. uh, clashed. And finally, Paul, if you can go for, for the big zero, Ken, Ken Shamrock and Antonio Inoki. I know. I know. Shamrock did do some pancreas mm. stuff back in the day. I don't know if that would count, actually, or not. The, the old pancreas gimmicks, the work work shoot fights. Um. Well, going for the zero, I will say that yes, they they did. And you are incorrect again. So it was a it's a big no on that one. Okay. It would have been what. Uh, uh, I would have got two if I was if I was playing. Yeah, I would have been four two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, thank you very much for that, Jamie. Barry wins for four to nothing. A rare, a rare mm-hmm. victory for me in a quiz. A rare, a rare, yeah, sweep. So uh, there we go. It's emails. Very good. Uh, yeah, thank you. I got one, but it was. Um, I think it was an AI written email to sell us a product. I think because it was someone it was like uh, it identified me by name. Said a uh, uh, fan of wrestling and found your podcast. <laughs> uh, I am interested in sending you a highlight reel, and I was like, I, I think this is a marketing person <laughs> sending, selling, trying to sell us a product. And I think, like many people these days, I think they've used like ChatGPT or something to feed it. What is the Chair Shop podcast? And then write the chair, write an email to the Chair Shop podcast where you offer them some services, I think is what happened there. So I won't read that out. But anyway, we've got we've got a lot of wrestling to chat about here. Mm. Uh, did we all watch all of Revolution? Yes. Let me just edit in the bit from last week's show, by the way. What? Hey, guys. Uh, I think this pay-per-view is going to have two five-star matches on it you're an idiot for thinking that how is that possible fool well, sorry me, uh, back in the future now, saying you and you and uh, melty are insane for calling that fight that that main event a five i'm not calling yeah. it that i'm not calling it that i think mean, that you he would call it that wait what joe are you, are you shocked that he gave it that or that i'm protesting that you're protesting it i i tell you what right revolution was very good but I, I couldn't believe two things. I couldn't believe one, people were calling it one of the best pay per views ever, and two, the people were calling the main event one of the best matches ever. It wasn't that good, lads. Come on now. This is what well, this, this, everything, everywhere, all at once, near falls edition, was it? I thought it was great. I thought it was probably the best Iron Man match. May, I haven't watched Brock and Angle in like, probably since it happened. No, it was, so it was the best Iron Man match in 19 and a half years. What 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 are you what what are you saying was better? Judgment Day two thousand. Okay, I haven't watched that in a number of years either. So I thought it was great. I just I, I thought it, it just I think it still suffered from the format. I think it was still just that thing of of it was a bit slow in the middle and and there wasn't as, and it started really hot. The crowd were into it. MGF doing his antics was great, even though he nearly got in a little bit of trouble for it. Um, 
And then I thought the whole, I mean, the home stretch was amazing. The whole, the whole final like 15 minutes and then into overtime was incredible. But I thought, look, I think there's just some shortcomings with the with the Iron Man format. But I'm obviously outnumbered here. Paul was definitely right anyway, because there was there was two fivers on the show. If we're going by Mr. Official uh, Star Ratings. And I will say I completely agree with the Hangman Mox one. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to weigh in on the yeah, I mean, I know people who, who exactly the opposite, who... who loved the iron match and didn't really care for the the texas death so it it, it might be a, a a true personification of the idea of you know wrestling is is flavors ass cream flavors some people like your cream. what flavors uh, of yeah. ass cream yeah the old chris jericho and christian bit from 2002 <laughs> yeah. um i mean i i like both to be honest um I don't know if I would necessarily go to full five, but then at the same time, what five star? Okay, we're not going to get into a discussion on five stars. Ignore that, right? But, but needless to say, five stars. What that means today is not what it once meant. Even that, yeah, for me, it is because I'm very tight with my five stars. Oh well, you, I, no, no, no. I, I, your five star. I'm talking about Meltzer's five star. Uh, no, no, yeah, I, no, yeah. Meltzer's obviously suffering from inflation. Yeah. You know, the cost of cost of living has gone massively <laughs> up for him. For me, it was a definite, I, a definite five fiver. Spot. Yeah, I, I and I don't give those out lightly. I, don't, I think I gave one last year. That was to FTR Briscoes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved it. I was stamping my little feet and clun- clutching, <laughs> clenching my little fists at five o'clock in the morning uh, while watching this. Oh, you watched um, live? Yeah, I me, and Joe, me and Joe both stayed up live. And I did stay up live for the whole thing, and I, I thought it was so perfectly paced as well. The all the antics at the beginning were were entertaining. It was it was stalling, but it wasn't chin locks. You know, it was, and yeah. and they did do the 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 spot that we were talking about the chair shot, or well, it yes. wasn't a chair shot in this case, but get the two quick falls, yeah, and suddenly he has yeah. up the advantage, which is which is classic classic wrestling. I logic. That was great. And then once they got into the home stretch, I thought everything came off as well. Like when MJF went up to do it, the elbow drop off the top off the post. To the outside, I was like, "Oh fuck, yeah. here we go!" But then he nailed it. It was it looked it looked sloppy, but it's MJF. He's not going to do a, a kind of graceful. Well, also, it was it was an hour almost into yeah, and he'd been wrestling for an hour. Yeah. Um, the the oh, the near fall where Brian hits the the knee uh, in overtime, and yeah. then pins. He's like, "Ah, oh, I bought that hook line and sinker." I was like, <laughs> "Um, that was that was fantastic." I just I just I love. The idea of an Iron Man match, I have to say, though, most of the time they are pants. Like, they, they're just boring. I mean, AW have done 30-minute Iron Man matches. I, see, I don't I care. Know, I don't, that, that's me. But is that is that a better compromise for, for keeping the structure of the match but not having to go to the I don't think so, because to me, that's just a normal match. Like, mo- a lot of matches go 30 minutes. That's not unusual. You know what I mean? So to, for it to have a load of falls in 30 minutes doesn't really make sense when you have 30 minute main events regularly yeah. like i'm pretty sure hangman and mox was nearly half an hour if, if it wasn't half an hour you know what i mean it's it, an iron man to me is 60 minutes that's what makes it special that's what yeah, makes i it i agree for what it's worth and i th- i feel like the the closing 15 minutes or whatever were so good because of the context that they had been wrestling for mm-hmm. 40 minutes at that stage already it's an epic it's like a three-hour yeah. movie like godfather or the titanic it's it's you know not that those two are similar. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking already there. <laughs> you know Godfather, I mean? Titanic. <laughs> Three-hour movies that came to mind. But you know what I mean? It's like that that yeah. epic kind of movies. That That is the Iron Man match. It just... Well, that's fair. They're not done very often either. I can only think of three. 
that been done? No, there's been there's been a little more. Sixty minutes. Well, I mean, in WWE, you have the Brett Sean, obviously. Yeah, Rock Triple H. Rock Triple H. Benoit Triple H on Raw. Orton Cena. Orton Cena. Brock Angle. Was that sixty? The Sean the Sean Cena one wasn't an Iron Man. That was just a match that went an hour. Um, in London, wasn't it? Yeah. Correct. Um, been, there's been at least five or six in WWE alone. TNA probably had. Actually, I don't think. Actually, I don't think. I think TNA did a couple of thirty-minute ones. I actually don't think TNA has done an hour-long one. In, in twenty in twenty-five years, we're talking. This is not. Yeah, the granted, 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 it's not. It's not as common as a. Uh, it's like a cage match. You know, yeah, they, they haven't. It's, done, it's <laughs> kind of funny how well protected Iron Man is. As I guess because it's a fucking bastard to work. Yeah, probably they, is there. They have. They haven't done the Iron Man pay per view with with a man's one, a woman's one, and then one for the US title. Yeah, um, oh, that would be great. Three hours in and out, just fucking <laughs> yeah, done. Oh. <laughs> I also like Iron Man, the idea of an Iron Man because I think it can be structured like a football match, where the falls are goals basically. Yeah, and then and of course they did, they did the, the women's one in NXT as well, obviously. Half an hour. Half was it was it only half an hour? Yeah, I thought yeah, it was, I, I remembered it as an hour, but when I look back, I was like, I have to be honest. I think I prefer the half hour ones because that one is great, and the Kenny Omega Pack one is fantastic. Um, yeah. see, you get the same effect, but I, but again, I suppose like Joe saying, like if you want to if you want it to be your Titanic match. Mm. That's it, you have to go sixty, don't you? You know, absolutely. Um, so I, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fantastic. No, it was great. It was great. And you know, fair play. One thing. One thing I am getting sick of with MJF though is um, uh, people are like, oh, great through line through all his big batches. He does the tombstone and then he sells the leg. If I was him, I would just not do the tombstone. Yeah, it would hurt your leg every time you do it. Because also in the psychology, but he's also he has in a company where people, and this is the thing I love about AEW, people always win their matches with secondary holes, third holes. John Moxley yeah. has finished matches 17 different ways. So was so Cody well. before he left as well. Cody was very good for it. Can we have MJF be the jabroni with the tombstone so that then when he... Uh, Jericho also won with the um, code breaker on TV yeah. to set up the Ricky Stark match. Great stuff. Love that. Can we have MJF beat fucking... Lee Johnson or some shit with a with a tombstone. So now there's a reason he blows his leg off on pay per view, and he's like, "Well, I won a match with it once." Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he hurt he hurts his leg on it every single. He did two spots in this match where he hurt his leg on it, and it's like, okay, but you've never won with this move. I know it's a tombstone, and everyone recognizes that it's dangerous, but like, but you're right, and you you have to set a precedence for these things. Yeah, um, and this is a promotion where they do that. So, anyway. if if I was if I was the coach, I would say, brother, did you not see? The own heart, sit down, Tombstone. What that did, to Steve Austin. Try that on old Danielson. You'll probably win. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you're, no, I, th- I, I, th- I think you're right. At the end of the day, you have to 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 keep it unpredictable. You have to establish that these things can happen, mm-hmm. so that ultimately, when they happen, you're you can buy into it. You know, you're not thinking. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't win with the tombstone, so why, why am I buying into this situation? Well, I tell you what, match didn't strain any credibility. It was the the hanger against Mox, um, which I absolutely loved. Um, I mean, I if you pitched it to me a while ago, I probably said that's crazy, but I love that this kind of heelish direction they're going in with Mox. Um, I think it's, I think it's. Um, uh, perfectly believable and it falls in line with all the stuff he's been doing and it gives him actually a kind of fresh new direction to go in i think and i think we started to see it in this match and then obviously we saw it in dynamite 
Mm. But uh, the match overall, I thought was fantastic. Totally. It was a bit too deathmatch for me, mm. um, but Which I still, I still thought it was work right. in the head. To, yeah, that kind of stuff. But I still oh, the, fu- the fucking head, though. And then, like, the blood squirting everywhere afterwards. Like, Moxley was instantly calm. It was great. Come on. <laughs> That's what oh, wrestling's oh. all about, baby. The two the two bricks that I thought he was going to whack his, his bollocks with them. <laughs> I'd, have gone, I'd have gone five stars if he had done that, that spot. If, if, um, there, if there was a gigged bollocks. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah, it, been, it's funny in the because we're 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 in a post jackass forever world. Like there hasn't been a lot of willy torture in all these all these uh, envelope pushing violent matches in AEW. We haven't seen anyone take a brick to the bollocks or a, or or anything like that. But look, there's there's a there's a long year left. You know what I mean? A lot of lot of mox matches to happen. Um, it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot. And and the other thing as well is that, like, I think you 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 could maybe make the case that AEW, specifically Mox in particular. I mean, do they go to the blood well too often? I know that's a real square thing to say. I I I think it's I think it's great that AEW has blood. I think wrestling has to have blood. I think Mox is one of the best in the world. But I think it's fair to say that it, it would it would help more if pay per view matches like this. They would be more. They'd hit harder if he didn't bleed every single week on Wednesday. I yes. th- I don't care if that's a square take. That's just the reality of it. But yeah, but that's that, that's just everything in moderation. Yeah, applies wrestling. You know, yeah, it is something more special. I don't think you have to say Moxie being necessarily or blood necessarily, but it's something more special when you don't do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. That goes back to our conversation about Iron Man matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't do it all the time. It's, 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 it feels more special. Logical to me. Um, yeah, I love the brick spot. I think the brick spot is, as well is something they can very easily um, gimmick and make look devastating and it not be. So that's like, that's perfect hardcore wrestling to me. They're, they're not going in and, and hurting each other and hitting each other in the head with shoot bricks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Get, get some little rubber bricks, put his little fingers and slam at his little fingers, break his fingers with it. But not really. <laughs> that's well, that what I meant to that was another great part in the Iron Man match was the gimmicked oxygen tank. Like uh, that's getting very creative. I like that. Yeah, I want to see more gimmicked um, everyday objects. Ironing oh, board, you know. Yeah. Microphones. <laughs> I did. I did love the co- MGF. The constant going for water as well was very, very and nice. Taz's outrage. He's going I, I just can't believe this. <laughs> You're only supposed to rinse your mouth out. Does this guy not watch sports? He's very upset. But. Um, yeah, so hanging around Moxley. I, I was kind of surprised on Dynamite to see them that they they're not finished with each other. I especially mm. like Moxley tapping out as well. Like they didn't do the old cliche stoppage. It's like no, he decisively won. But I suppose they might squeeze another maybe another pay per view cycle out of it since Moxley's like a, kind of a heel. I, he's I a heel. Now. He's they're a heel. heel. He's just a heel now. Yeah, they're, uh, they're heels, uh, now. BCC are heels. So yeah, I, I guess I guess they're going to. I mean, I was another. surprised to see Moxley wrestling on Dynamite. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was. A fair I don't, I don't know if I would have necessarily. I, I would have had them sell the the match for at least a week. Not say that Moxie's not a tough son of a bitch, but just fucking say this match was so devastating. They they are both do like a UFC thing. They're both medically suspended. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Do you know? Um, because he came out looking grand. <laughs> he had like a did he have a, a band aid on his head maybe? But that was it. If even, um, but yeah, the, the match itself was was kind of what you wanted to be. I, I 
I like when a match of this kind doesn't go to the thumbtack well. Do you know there's there's certain weapons that feel yeah gimmicky, and there's certain weapons like the bricks that feel suited more to mm. this style of match. Yeah. Um. Where where yeah I I would rather your 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 blood feud street fight or Texas death here be more of a fight rather than uh I don't want to call it a stunt show necessarily but uh the 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 gross out violence do you know what I mean right I want to see a lad get hit in the head with a brick <laughs> like like you would someone trying to be murdered outside a pub that's the kind of stuff I want to see you know um. And then, yeah, Hangman wrapped himself in the barbed wire at one point. Did he do a moonsault? Is that what it was? Yes, yeah, he did it. Ori Hara moonsault. Very good. Um, yeah, I mean, it was good. Big win for Hangman. I would say certainly maybe his biggest win since he won the title. Yeah, and I think the win, but also I think just the content of the feud legitimized him. Do you know what I mean? It was real. Yeah. That's why I said I was surprised by them continuing it on Dynamite because it kind of felt like... I'm going to leave behind this. Oh, fellas, I don't know if I can do it. I'm wrestling's butters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I... Um, got and I Because I... Was it a week ago or two weeks ago? I really rolled my eyes when they brought in Uno and stuff. But I was like, to be fair, I was like, but then Uno had a great match and Silver and Reynolds have actually been really fun in their interactions. So I'm kind of... To my shock, the, the Dark Order aren't dragging him down. He's kind of bringing the Dark Order with him up a little bit, I feel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, surprised they're sticking with it because I feel like... I This felt like... Hangman's up and like let's move on now. Let's maybe move on. Um, but I mean, they obviously have phenomenal chemistry, so I guess we're sticking with it. Um, but yeah. Uh, elsewhere on the pay per view, uh, a, a, a weird one. I didn't quite know what to expect. The final burial mm-hmm. with, uh, I mean, my favorite wrestler in the world, Christian Cage, mm-hmm. should have won. Should have put that little brat in the coffin and, and challenge MJF for the world title. <laughs> But um, when he threw the dirt in his face, I was like, this man, oh, this man is so good. He's the best. Um, uh, he came out in the wrestling gear with the, the turtleneck. With the cross yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christian. That, that's attention to detail. That's getting it is what it is. I'm hoping the, 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 the scuttlebutt about him maybe being out of contract so I'm hoping that's not the case because he's so great. And well, we gotta go back to WWE where they him like shite mm. yeah I, I i hope i hope he yeah i think that would be such a waste i mean because it's it's also just <laughs> going back to our vince thing i don't know if triple h is any better they've just never viewed him as a commodity ever they've no. never valued him in any iteration of his career um you know so yeah i i hope that's not true because and he's such he's such an asset i mean i'm not as confident that jungle boy was made to the degree hangman was made i still think he's a work in progress but mm. I mean, in terms of wanting to work with a veteran who's going to do right by you, I mean, is there anyone better than 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 Christian? I mean, I think yeah. I think I think this did a lot for Jungle Boy this year. And this match, this match was very very good for what it was. I was very worried. I think as much as I liked it, I still think doing a fucking casket buried alive fucking thing. I think it's, but, I think but it's very. I think that lends credence to the contract thing. Is that this just seemed to come together very last minute, very last second, almost yeah. like oh, we have to kind of write him out somehow. Mm. Is kind of what it feels like to me. Um. Yeah, I thought the match was 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 good. It was I would say it was just the right side of Goofy. Um, when they closed that coffin and it went, and, and <laughs> what, I don't know what that was. What why it disappeared so quickly. Um, 
And yeah, also Jungle Boy, uh, did Jungle Boy wear jeans and then they didn't wear jeans in the Texas Deathmatch? What the fuck was that about? I didn't even think about that, but you're dead right. Yeah. yeah. Where are yeah. the jeans, lads? They may be saying, listen, this this kid needs the tough guy rub more than us, so we'll let him have the jeans. Yeah, Moxie Moxley wears jammies. Don't worry about it. It's grand. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy and Christian had a, a fun little brawl, a full mm-hmm. 90s style buried alive brawl. Uh, I will say the grave site was maybe uh, the 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 Aldi version of <laughs> the WWE production values. It, it looked a little cheap. Didn't where look. was the where was the gravestone with the two names on it? Where was the you know what I mean? Where was the little mound of dirt and the shovel sticking out of it? Yeah. And also, there was no Kane running. How can you have a buried live match with Kane <laughs> running? He's a free agent now. I think. Come on. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was fine. It was fine. I, I I thought it was better than fine, but I I, I think you you hit you you do hit a threshold with that stip, don't you? You're only going to get so high um, uh, doing that unless you do it like Brody King and Darby or what was the what was the really good Lucha Underground one? The oh Jesus. Phoenix and the Big Boy Grave um, con- Grave Consequences. Grave Consequences. When you do those mm. things, where it's like, all right, we're going to have a well, those are casket matches though. Not yeah, there's a wild brawl with casket. When you're doing buried alive specifically, but but anyway, listen, it was good. It was good. Um, but you're right. It was it wasn't really a buried alive match. It was just put them in the casket and then you win. But yeah, the casket just happened to be on the stage for some reason. And it also goes to hell afterwards when you when you win. Yeah, really quick. It was very SmackDown versus Raw. It was very video game animation. <laughs> it, was. it was like I expected Rest in Peace to pop up on the screen. I feel like there was meant to be a pyro or something. Because yeah. it, lo- it looked ridiculous. It's too obscure it somehow. That didn't happen. We did pass the uh, the three year anniversary of the or the two year anniversary of the, of the bat the non explosion. Yeah. Uh, someone spoke about it recently in a what was it? I can't remember. Some, someone spoke about it. I think Kenny spoke about it in one of his interviews basically just said that the guy organizing it wasn't there for any of the rehearsals and then showed up on the day and changed a bunch of stuff. And, and that's why it went tits up live. And I think even prior to that, Tony Khan was like, we, we would never use the person we used again. But anyway, anyway, on the, just on the subject of pyro going wrong. Um, yeah. if, if they ever want to do that again, that gimmick, they have to almost do an explosion on TV to, to sell like it, it won't be enough. oh yeah like, yeah yeah right? big time i i, I would give it away for free I mean, almost the, the kingston jericho regular barbed wire match wasn't i maybe just leave that stuff i mean it's, mm-hmm. I, well, it's I, thought, I thought the match was good prior to the no explosion but i i uh, i i thought the little explosions leading up to it were also a little bit a little bit <laughs> you know what I, mean? I thought they were right yeah, I, I liked it. I, he opens them giving it another go, but my, my, my thought was just like the even the Kingston Jericho one was also a bit ugh. Do you know what I mean? I think it's cool that there's a promoter who <laughs> give it another go, but it has to be the lads from the Deathmatch show that Barry went to. Yeah, and they have to just do proper experiments. And if he can get it if he can get he can get work off that weekend and, and yeah. go over and Gary and, from um, Spar versus uh, <laughs> Big Dave. Oh I bloody love Big Dave. Anyway. Um, elsewhere on the show, I mean, I, I think the, funnily enough, even though we've talked about the best matches from the show, I, I, I think the strength of the show was that the, um, the undercard stuff actually kind of over delivered to a degree and, mm. and the stuff you kind of looked at the card, you went, Ugh, God, I really like Jericho Starks, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And look, Jer- Jericho, I, as much as the feuds have dragged out lately, he's, he you know, it's been talked about a lot. He got in great shape. He's delivered in the ring a lot lately. Yeah. And I think this is another very good one. And, and I was kind of hoping that they would 
really springboard off Starks being Jericho and go straight back to Starks MJF. But they've uh, they said Starks, you've had one lead balloon tied to you. We got to give you another one, brother. You're feuding with Juice Robinson. Bullet Club D Team. Yeah. Um. Because I think I'll I'll defend my buddy Tony Khan here on this one a little bit, right? And I'd say that he he should Ricky should have a jabroni heel he can beat in a feud handily. I I wouldn't have him lose to MJF again after he just lost him in January, you know, or December or whatever it was. I, you know, I I th- I think he absolutely could be the next guy to face MJF, possibly. Well, no, maybe not the next pay, maybe the one after. But I w- I wouldn't immediately immediately go into this big win over Jericho to a big loss. I think uh, you know it's only that Tony. Uh, I picked Juice Robinson. I don't know if I'm no, that, but, so but Tony Tony would give a guy like this a win. I mean, Wardlow last year was a classic case as well. And we'll just faff around then, and mm. the momentum inevitably gets lost. Yeah. And and they go from beating Jericho to not moving upwards, but being in a feud that almost feels lesser than the Jericho feud. And that's not, you know, I would rather have him, okay, maybe not MJF, but pair with someone a little higher up the card. Move up the, that, that way. But yeah, I mean, the, the match was very good. Jericho, when he's on, he's he, he's still got it. Um, so that match was solid. The uh, the women's match I thought was solid. I mean that is if that is a feud I have like negative interest in. Um, right. I was trying to. It's always fun like coming running up against these things when when I'm watching with Brona because a lot of things I take as red because she has never watched wrestling before. She was get she, she I, I she was like why why is Ruby with them because Ruby's a homegrown isn't I was like no. But the thing they're not saying because they can't say it is WWE. That's what they're tiptoeing around is that they're yeah. WWE people. And she even she thought it was stupid having never seen an NWO angle or the 10 million rehashes. Even she thought it was stupid that this is what the feud is about. But uh, nonetheless, this the, this shitty feud, I thought the match was, was all right. And, and I thought they looked the, the, the reveal was good. They, they did nail that part of it. I thought Ruby hitting Jamie Hayter with the kick. Was a nice little, um, a nice little flourish. I thought, right? Yeah, yeah I thought the match was was decent, bit, bit, bit on the short side, but um, the turn afterwards was fine as well. I, I just, to me, it would be better if they just had two factions. Forget all the homegrown versus WWE. Yeah, I just have uh, Soraya and her little faction. Maybe they want to recruit. They want to recruit Jamie Hater, and Jamie Hater turns them down, and so like, fuck you, we're gonna, we're gonna get back at you. That you know, something as simple as that would be a lot more effective than this. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe build up to a women's war games or something. Mm. The Hater Brigade against the, the Haters, Serena's Rangers or something. Just go full ninety two on it. You know, <laughs> we did, uh, we did get a good return here though. Which I appreciate. It was the return of Taz singing Ruby Soho's music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now he's using he, he's be even loving it. He's going to be really singing it up. He'll, no, he'll do the bummer remix. Ruby, Ruby, I'm so sad. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what do we have? The House of Black Elite match was bloody good. Bloody good. And I think, I think the. Our Budford Matthews stopping the Meltzer driver with the kick midair was that's the type of spot that 99% of the time if people try and do it it would look like shite because you'd have amateurs mm. doing it but these guys are, these guys are one, pros. Might say, one might say elite in their field mm. and they timed it perfectly and it looked great and I was shocked I didn't see that result coming uh, 
And it was timed in such a way that it had the old rumor mill going, Kenny's out of here, boys. He's out of here. He's getting out of here. He's jumping to Uncle Paul. Which I don't I don't actually believe, but you know. Yeah, I feel like if he was gonna go anywhere, he'd go back to Japan. Totally. I mean, yeah, January fourth was a bit of an awakening, wasn't it? I mean, I think yeah, that was exactly eye opening experience. Yeah, he might have had his dipped his toes back in the pool and go, Ooh, I like the temperature of this water. Mm. Um but yeah, I mean the the match was tremendous. House Black maybe can finally have something to do now with the with the titles. At least they'll be featured. Yeah, you know, Tony loves doing a pointless title match main event on of a rampage. Um, so yeah, I mean the the problem with that division still is that they've only got two teams, which are the Black and the Elite, and now they've got a JS team. I, I think that's fine. I think all you need for that division is the champ. You need champions and challengers, and then it, it you get get over that feud done. You move on to new challengers. Yeah, sure. Because you can't you can't have a ten team trios division because that. Be no, you're fair. right. You're right. What, it's thirty what, guys. It just it, it's impossible. You're right. You're right. But what, what you need is is there to be a feud then between the teams? Which yeah, exactly. Isn't in this case, you need a real a real feud and a real really good match. Um, but I think that could work going forward. Yeah, and it frees up Kenny and the box to do some something else. Damage yeah. elsewhere, baby. I mean, I, I I really enjoy House of Black in the Ring. I really like your your Malachi, your Matthews, and your and your Brody King. So I'm just happy to see those guys wrestle. And I, I that's that, that's one of the problems with AW is that these these great wrestlers spend so much time not wrestling. Mm. It just feels like wasted time to an extent when, when you have jeff jarrett wrestling every oh. week on tv why don't why don't we get um malachi black versus omega or one of the bucks imagine how good that would be on a dynamite no fucking no, no, we've, got yeah. have, no we've got to have jeff jarrett versus uh one of the best but, matt hardy yeah we've got to have matt hardy versus ricky Starks. so sorry that's what you're getting yeah yeah orange cassidy don't get me wrong I love our. I love Orange. I've, my love for Orange Cassidy has always been reborn because I was kind of burnt out. But I've, yeah. I'm really into him again. I don't need to see him defend the title every show, though. Every single show. Let's let's have a little. Get, give my week off for God's sake. Let's have a little Jeff Jarrett. Oh jeez, yeah. Je- <laughs> Why are Jeff Jarrett Jay Lethal the favorite toys that are on every single show? I don't know, but it's 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 been with lethal in particular. It's been going on for like it's since he signed the guy. He hasn't stopped using him. My fucking god, he's like the he's like the he's the Iron Man of AEW. They must they must be like the easiest guys to work with in the whole company or something. You know, there must I be some reason bad. why. why. I mean, Jarrett's at that stage of his career where I'm sure he's he's just he's just having a good time. And he, well, Jarrett Jer- can politic his way into everything, as we know. Well, yeah, I did laugh. So uh, the tag match, you know, uh, this is what we were saying earlier, was, was more fun than you might expect given the build. <laughs> I did like when Jarrett got a near fall on. I think it was Bowen's hit him with the stroke, and he goes, "Woo!" Like, <laughs> like he celebrated before he got the pin. I was dying at that, and of course it was a kick out. And he did. A, he loves an old shocked face as well. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 that match was all right. It was all right, you know. Um, and that set up uh, FT or coming back. Yes. So, um, hmm. I guess. Oh, I mean, it'd be very funny if they came back just to lose to the guns again. That'd be great. But uh, I'd imagine. I'd imagine. I mean, how far away is Double or Nothing? Two months. 
yeah, they can, they can stretch that out to, to double or nothing, like I'd say. Um, so I'd imagine it'll be them and the guns. What the acclaim does, I don't really know, but uh, or they could they could have FTR just win them on TV and then do the acclaim match at double or nothing. That might be it, but we'll see. Didn't get didn't get too much of an idea from their 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 comeback promo, but uh, no. yeah, I think that was it. Was it for the undercard? Uh, oh no, Wardo and Joe. Wardo and Joe. That was probably the probably the weakest match in the show. Not really their fault. They had to go after the the death match. Hmm. Uh, it was all right, but nothing nothing special. Yeah. Wardlow felt like the right decision, like in the boring kind of way. But it's just, I think we talked about this on the preview. Actually, it's just like it, it feels like Joe's just way way more on a on a roll right now. Certainly after Wednesday, did not give him a power bomb either. No, so no. sorry, I'm I'm not on. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in favor of it. If Wardlow's not powerbombing people, I'm not. I don't care. Um, but we can. I suppose segue from there to Dynamite, um, where we did get Wardlow versus uh, Big Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs powerhouse, and uh, we had yet another AEW crash pad uh, uh, moment, which I'm kind of over. I mean. Um, this this was maybe the worst looking of them all. This though. is possibly the worst. At least the the Jericho one was still at least high. It was off a cage. Yeah, yeah it was still scary. Whereas this was like just ground level. This was this was comparable to to bumps I used to take as a child off a windowsill onto a bed. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great, was it? And then it, God, they 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 last second introduced a falls count anywhere match. I guess because they had this finish in mind, which was like okay, fair enough. And they had a fun little brawler on the back, whatever. But it's like, but then they did it. 10 count like it was a last man standing i'm like yeah you could have made it a false count anywhere last man standing match and done that but you didn't you just so why didn't will just pin him you know what i mean i, I know that's nitpicking but i thought it was silly yeah um, of course people are outraged about qt marshall being involved like no one can be made a star of everyone is just the same level for their whole lives uh geeks are geeks and can never be good same with the yeah. guns you, you can never elevate anybody by so saying them with a hot act or anything. Yeah, and plus, like, QT, he's just going to be the manager at the end of the day. Like, I th- that doesn't bother me at all, I don't think. Yeah, but, like, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a good pairing, QT. Yeah, no, I, I do as well. Now, I, I might be coming off here as the Shelbyville lemon sucker, but... No, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. I I, 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 I get a little bit annoyed when people are like, fuck, QT, what, 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 shit. It's like, well... Give him like a fucking really, chance, lad. Give him a chance. Yeah, but, and also, like, he's really not. If you to be really, I think people roll their eyes because he's like a old trainer man, which is fair enough. But like, he's, I think he's been good in every role he's had. I think he's never, I think he's never really whiffed. I thought the Cody stuff was very fun. I thought, you know, when he took over the factory, I think it's been good. You know, and and the funny thing is, Hobbs is very charismatic, but I wouldn't necessarily say he's a great talker necessarily. You know, I think yeah. he can do a good pre-tape. I think the, the, the live stuff maybe, you know, I think it's good to have a, a QT. And plus, by pairing him up with a QT, you get all the QT lackeys. And so you can have... No, because the, the, fa- the factory are, are over. Oh, are they? Fa- they're disbanded, yeah. He said I didn't even Twitter. know that. Okay, I'm, I'm not up on my YouTube lore, I guess. Twitter uh, lore, even. Twitter lore, even worse. God, I make it my business not to be up on that. But yeah. Yeah, so you don't um, have the big hairy fella anymore or your man from NXT who was oh, kill- killed. Outrageous. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, what else was on Dynamite this week? It's uh, a very good question. Anderson, <laughs> I don't have my I don't have my uh, Dynamite uh, AW website. Orange Cassidy beat someone. He beat say, Lethal, just... wasn't it? Jay Lethal, that's right. Yeah, um, I think Lethal tried to do 
some kind of move off the ropes, but they were he, he worked, went for the he, lethal uh, injection. Lethal injection, yeah. yeah. Sold sold the damn arm from the yeah, match, knee, and then yeah, that was, yeah, that, was yeah. A, that was well done. That little spot, I must say. That was yeah, that looked good. That was a good finish. Um, I think Orange Cassidy might be the one to beat MJF. I don't know. That just that just pops into my head. I don't know. Mm. I just because he's like the ultimate kind of homegrown. He like, is. He could be. He could be on Britt Baker's team. He could be. Yeah. could be. Anyway. I don't but, know that I, I I don't know if I'd go that far with, with Cassidy, but like I said, lately I'm kind of I don't know if it's the theme song change. I love that fucking music. Dun, yes. dun, dun, dun. Anyway. But um yeah, I'm kinda of enjoying him again. And and I feel like he 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 he's more He's more of a serious wrestler now. He do, he does the actual wrestling more. He relies on the yeah the, the, gimmick, a bit less. the gimmick a little bit less and so no, it's, it's like the Undertaker when he was the zombie, and then eventually yeah. you just kind of you don't need to play it up. Everyone knows who's your gimmick. Yeah, you, you can keep some of the bits of it, but not that be the entire yeah. thing. Yeah, I think I think they've kind of segued that naturally. That was good. Um, but like I say, he, he bloody always defend that title. Give give the lad a rest. Um, we had the Ruby Soho promo. Yeah, she's got she's got a, a promo style that I feel like lends itself a little bit more to being a babyface than a heel. But ultimately, that's the direction they went in. She's very uh, emotional promos. Like she really gets to the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah, and she beat Sky Blue in a in a match that was kind of nothing. And then they beat up Willow Nightingale. By God, the bastards! Uh, what else do we have? FTR again. Good, yeah. decent promo. Decent, decent promo. Uh, we mentioned the the trios title match they set up. Mm-hmm. Danielson post Iron Man match said it's time to go home. Back to Ring of Honor. <laughs> wow. have, have, have either of you watched any of the Ring of Honor yet? Nah. <laughs> There's only enough hours in the day, and now they're talking about they're doing all access, which looks like sorry to say, shit. it looks like it looks like shite. Shit. I mean, it looks horrible. Where was what's this based on? They put a they put a trailer out, and I mean, yeah, just the, the easiest, the most easy elevator pitch to give you to show you what it's like. It's literally total divas, but with with AEW people. There's like right. a um. Uh, Ruby Soho and Tay Mello having a conversation about like trying to pass off the angle where she injured her as oh but also she was stiff and hurt me and having the fakest standing next to each other staged conversation ever it looked dreadful that, but have you seen what beats Dynamite in the ratings it's that kind of reality <laughs> it's, that, it's the real housewives of AEW it's is what 90, 90 day fiance is what beats yeah them. fair enough it, I suppose the, you can't, you, don't, don't hate the player hate the game I guess yeah, yeah. But now, and, and allegedly, there's going to be another hour of TV. Yeah, they're getting a, a 6.05 Saturday night. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm going on the record now. I'm not watching that. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it depends. I mean, it's kind of like uh, people try and get you hyped up for dark because it's like, a, I'm like, eh, it's 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 not studio wrestling enough for me. I If, if, if it's got a bit of flavor to it, the Saturday night show, I'll watch it. If it's just another hour of, of rampage of, of rampage or, 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 you know, Marina Shafir beating up a jabroni. I, I, I don't care. You know, I, I, but I'm, I will see. My interest in rampage is hanging on by a thread. 
Yes. It's no, not totally. add another a C tier show. It's improved the B tier show. Yeah. You know. I might actually, uh, I might, I might pitch to Broadway. Because so Broadway was asking, like, are we not going to see like Joe and Willow and stuff anymore? Because they're doing one. It's like, well, I don't know. Because they don't seem to be doing like a strict divide. But I'd imagine those people would be there more frequently. So I might just say, let's. Let's swap Rampage out for Ring of Honor because I think Ring of Honor might be more fun because I'm really not interested at all in Rampage uh, currently. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I, haven't, I haven't watched any of myself. It seems like it's been the, the early reviews are good, but it's it's still very early in the show's life. Anyway, uh, Dynamite. Well, no, that's pretty much everything on, on Dynamite. Okay. Over to Rampage. Guevara happened. Andretti. Rampage, but oh, again? Yeah. Okay, now what do you deserve that? Acclaimed versus Jack Cartwheel and Starboy Charlie. That was great. Why, why is that young man wearing in there? My Jesus, you know I'm going. I'm God, God. Yeah, he was talking about he was talking about Billy Gunn. Ironically, <laughs> I've never seen Intercontinental Champion with earrings. Um, <laughs> he got yeah. pink pajama pants on. I mean, I mean. Like there's one, there's a few, there's few times I go, wow, I'm glad JR is on commentary for this. But for Starboy Charlie's outfit, I was, I was very happy he was there. I've seen like, Starboy Charlie is, is, is a fun little indie standout. But brother, if you're getting a match on TV, I would just wear the normal trunks to be honest, and not the 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 little Super Mario's, the Dungaroos. Yeah. Anyway, the acclaimed yeah. is in short order. Yeah, and then you had. Takeshita and Preston Vance and Rio Nyla Rose. They they sure were matches. I liked Rio and Nyla Rose, but <sighs> I mean Not to not to any super degree, but no. I imagine we're building up to another Rio hater match, which will be good, but she's already beaten her fairly handily. Um Yeah. And then Mark Briscoe announced the Reach for the Sky ladder match. That was the only other thing of note. With the Ring of Honor world tag team titles on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Lucha Bros are in that. Um, I'm a bit ladder matched out to be honest. I mean that the the one at the pay per view or the one on TV, you know, I I thought was cool, but I'm, I'm just I really am feeling like we've seen it all. Do you know what I mean? It's just I, I'm sure that will be spectacular though. But anyway, uh, that is wrestling for the week. We will segue into films. Uh, Paul, you talked about RRR earlier. Anything else you want to chat about from the week? Yeah, well, I did finish watching the. Uh the Oscar Moveroos. Go on. So, Joe, you mentioned Living. Yes. I watched Living as well. And I, I, I thought you had said that you had watched it, but I looked on Letterboxd and I couldn't find a, a, a Letterboxd score Ooh. from Joe E. Towner. So maybe you, you didn't log it, just just FYI. Um, I thought Living was quite good. Um, it was, I thought, a very good Bill Nye performance. In a oh, how frightfully dull! That that's the whole character. He does that for the hope. Oh, a, a bit of a bore, really. A frightful bore. Uh, actually, I didn't think the movie was a frightful bore. Oh. Uh, however, I felt like it it didn't quite have the, the the enough content in it to justify. And it wasn't. It's not even a particularly long movie. But I feel like the last half hour, nothing really happens. <laughs> It kind of runs out of steam and then just keeps going for like I know, 20, 25 minutes. There's a conversation very close to the end with a police officer as well that felt very uh, mm. out of tone with the rest of the movie, a little overly sentimental in, in a way that felt like unrealistic to me. 
but while Bill Nye he was was on screen and acting, I thought I thought it was pretty strong. I thought he he was a compelling screen presence. His interactions with everybody mm. were very interesting. I, I particularly liked the beginning, where it was just going through the mundanity of getting like I think they work in like a it's in the civil service civil in, service. Yeah. I'm gonna say like town council type thing where they want to get uh, some work done and they're oh no yeah. you have to go to the other departments for that and people have just been sent around in circles and it's just it really plays on the mundanity of getting anything mm. done going through red tape red tape red tape but that was done in, in a way that was like charming and bill nye was really as i said a, a really compelling central presence on screen so i really really enjoyed that i just felt like it ran out of steam by the end and it just kind of I'd say I'd say it almost felt like an hour and a half long movie, which is not very long, but that only had really an hour of <laughs> juice in it, uh, and so it felt stretched at points, which is which is unusual for a movie that's not that long in the first place. Um, but worth the watch for for Nye's performance. I think it was probably one of one of the best performances I've seen from him. Mm. You don't often see Nye as the lead, anyway. He's he's almost kind of yeah, like a. Very often. A British John Goodman presence, where he's usually usually the supporting. Mm-hmm. No, I thought I thought he was very good. Uh, I liked the. I sorry, her name escapes me now, but the uh, Amy Lou Wood, the girl. Yeah, she was she was a great kind of counterbalance to his character. She was like, yeah, full of life, and he he was as Joe said, just stiff upper lip, doesn't show any emotions. There's a scene where he's with his family, and they both want to have a conversation, and neither one will bring it up. Because they're both so just stiff upper lip, keep going. Oh, what a frightful bore! But it was very good. Uh, I watched Women Talking. Oh yeah, um, which I really enjoyed. Women Talking, very similar in structure to a little movie you might have heard of about these twelve angry men. Ooh. Oh yeah. Um, so Women Talking is uh, based on a book, which was based on a real life event. So a double base. Um, about a Mennonite society where it, it transpires that the men were tranquilizing and uh, raping the women. Mm. This is discovered by one of the women, and mm. so the men get arrested. And while the other men are out bailing the men out of prison, the women get together and discuss how they're going to react to that situation, whether they're right. going to stay in the colony. Because of the rules of the Mennonite colony, which, which, which when they live, they have to forgive their abusers or be shunned from the society. And so mm-hmm. the, the entire movie, much like 12 Angry Men, takes place basically within one location as the women discuss how to react to that situation, what their next move should be. Mm-hmm. Um, very strong cast. Francis McDormand, in, in a supporting role so small, it, it basically amounts to a cameo. But you have Claire Foy and uh, Rooney Mara and our very own Jesse Buckley. Very strong cast. And uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of, as a f- huge fan of 12 Angry Men, I'm kind of predisposed to like that kind of movie where not a lot happens, but characters are just <laughs> women yeah. talking about uh, a situation that you don't really, you like 12 Angry Men, you don't see the event you just hear kind of you, you see brief flashes but you basically are just kind of the movie deals with the, the fallout of it and uh yeah i found it pretty pretty compelling uh with um with 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 very good performances um however there's this fucking color grading on it where they're just like what if this movie right 
which is which is about about women in a barn for an hour and a half. What if it was blue for no reason? And it just it like it looks horrible. It looks absolutely horrible. And I don't understand. I think I saw someone I don't know if it was you, Barry. I saw someone on Twitter talking about another movie that had what I'm gonna talk about shortly. Bad color grade. And I was like, yeah, why what is the compulsion for people to take a movie beautifully shot in these lush locations and like what if it was piss yellow the entire movie it's like why does stop doing that yeah and just gray and dark blue and just well this is this is that is that it's like a gray blue Hmm. just instagram filter over the entire movie and it just it it completely ruined the look of and the feel of it because you know rather than having this um farmyard mennonite look to it it's like oh am i watching the matrix here you know, like it, 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 it adds like a, a sci-fi feel almost, which is what I would associate that look to. And I don't know, didn't quite ruin the movie, but ruined the look of it. And uh, but otherwise, otherwise, I thought it was pretty compelling with with really good performances. Uh, I watched Two Leslie, which you might have heard of. Um, no, I've never heard of this. this without hearing of the movie, you might have heard about the controversy at least, which is was the case with me. I didn't realize it was this movie until I started watching it. So Tulesi um, is a movie which was nominated, I think, only for Best Lead Actress. And this is a movie where there was a campaign for it to be nominated that bent the rules of the Academy mm. nomination system, where, right. where there was like very obvious tweets by members of the academy about hey watch this movie and this person should be nominated and blah blah, blah. it was a you know there was there was a risk that it was going to be removed from eligibility which ultimately didn't happen um and that's where i'd, I'd actually heard about that controversy prior without realizing that this was the movie but it was and uh stars andrea riseborough as a uh, a lottery winner from west texas who who wins a load of money and spends it all on drink and drugs. <laughs> and uh, she's a down and out. And the movie is kind of about her trying to put her life back together. Um, and in the first 45 minutes, it was maybe the most compelling ever uh, depiction of addiction that I've ever seen, that I've seen in the movie. Right. Because alcoholism and and the addiction, the way it's portrayed in the movie, is not like a character trait. It is portrayed like a disease where she's going off the handle, she's stealing, but it's done in a realistic way. It never feels like this person's character is that they're an alcoholic. Right. If they felt like a fleshed out character with 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 motivations and and character aspects that were separate to the addiction, but also they're they're dealing with this illness basically which affects how they how they act riseborough is tremendous in it now to be fair probably without this campaign it would have been completely blown over and and she wouldn't have been nominated but i think her performance is actually one of the best (laughs) in all the oscar movies that i watched this year she's like absolutely tremendous in it but uh 45 minutes in a little actor appears called mark maron who's Fucking dreadful in it. Yeah. Every oh, bit. You know what I think I actually have because I've seen clips of him actually promoting yeah, it. I think every bit as bad in it as she is good. Okay. 
And as soon as he appears, unfortunately, also, uh, as well as his his performance being very bad, the film just goes in a really uninteresting direction. And, and I didn't really care about any of the second half of it, which is a shame because Riseborough's performance is so strong, but just the movie isn't that good. And why do people keep casting Mark Maron and things? He just plays himself and he's not very good. Yeah, he doesn't deliver his lines in a believable way. He just plays Mark Maron, which is a damn shame. Uh, I watched also then a last movie for me, Triangle of Sadness, which is my last Oscar movie. This is the uh, Ruben Ostlund uh, follow-up to a movie that I really enjoyed called Force Majeure from a few years ago, which was mm. remade as a, I think, a Will Ferrell movie. I don't remember what it was called, the US version. But Force Majeure was really, really great. He did one then called The Square, which I didn't watch, but I heard was pretty good as well. But Triangle Sadness stars uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, a a bunch of uh, people you wouldn't uh, know by name. Certainly I don't. Um, And it's uh, it's about rich people and models and that. And uh, they go on on a luxury cruise and Mm. uh, it doesn't quite go as planned and they kind of end up having to fend for themselves and you know a lot of the analogy and stuff is is not very subtle but i thought i thought it was it was really good um opening mo- opening movie jesus opening scene of the movie is like these two models a man and a woman who are in a relationship and they're arguing about who's going to pay uh the bill at a restaurant and it just escalates and escalates to such a ridiculous level they almost forget about what they're arguing in the first place was such a mundane, trivial thing. And this is something that this director does really well. Force Majeure, similarly, um, was a movie about a uh, ski resort where there was like a an avalanche and the, the, the husband and father of the family runs away and leaves his family behind to save himself during this avalanche. Turns out then, oh, the avalanche wasn't really as bad as they thought. It was kind of a false alarm. But he's now shown to his family the kind of man he is. And so this director plays on these kind of ideas in a clever way. Um, and that's true also of Triangle of Sadness. Um, so, for example, I don't want to spoil the movie, obviously, but there's mm. the, cruise, the cruise liner, like I said, things, things happen and, and people are forced to fend for themselves. And so the, the, because they're all rich, know-nothings, <laughs> there's, there's almost a, a kind of Lord of the Flies element where the, the person on the on the ship who was the like toilet cleaner is the only person who knows how to catch a fish for example and so she there's like a power shift where she becomes the the leader of the group and she's like shagging the models <laughs> stuff because she you know, suddenly holds this immense power and uh, yeah it's 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 a clever little social satire um it does. It's it's quite saggy in the middle. I will say it's got a really strong opening act and a really strong closing act, and the middle it just kind of just goes. So what I did, and I would recommend to people, is watch it, but watch it in two halves. Watch the first half as an hour twenty part one, and then watch the second half as like an hour ten part two, and that breaks up the the middle section. And makes it feel kind of less saggy than it otherwise does. But it's 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 really really uh, enjoyable. Uh, and that's all the movies. And I'm finally free of this Oscar, you know, manacles that I put on myself every year. Now I can watch, uh, you know, Quiet Girl and fucking movies that I want to watch, <laughs> rather than 
to Leslie and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, of course, like I said earlier, I highly recommend people check out RRR on Netflix. What a fucking hoot that movie was. Yeah. I, we were actually just talking about cancelling Netflix. I should watch that before we get Watch that before you do. I'm going to keep it at least until un, until May because I want to watch the new season of I Think You Should Leave. Uh, mm, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep nice. it till then. And I'll squeeze RRR in there before that. Um, and Beavis and Butthead is also coming back in April. Thank the Lord. Um, so uh, I, I watched two films this week, including one very badly color graded film. I watched <laughs> uh, Orphan First Kill, which is the surprisingly decent prequel to the surprisingly decent previous film. The original film was made by that fella, what went on to make Black Adam, uh, whose name escapes me. And it's a very odd film where... An ad- I, I don't really want to spoil it, but I guess to talk about the second film, I kind of have to. The premise of the first film, basically, it's kind of a, 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 a spooky little girl movie, but instead of being a haunted little girl or a ghost or a doll or anything, basically, this family adopts um, um, a little girl. It turns out that she's actually an... <laughs> she's actually a fully grown woman with dwarfism, who um, passes herself off as a child to get into a family to then try and like uh, usurp the husband and kill the family and rob them blind. It's it's extremely wacky, um, but it's the good kind of wacky where it's playing itself completely self serious. I I thought Orphan was extremely fun B movie crap, um, and I enjoyed it. So with that reveal halfway through the first film, this second film is kind of about it's the prequel, and so you go into this knowing that okay, this is a this is a little adult who looks like a child, and they use a very young-looking actress, but they they do lots of clever shooting. It's a lot of shooting from the camera up and behind regular-sized actors to to <laughs> film her. So it's it's um she's not a, I don't think she's actually a, a little person in real life. It's all just editing and 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 quite interesting direction. And basically, so you know you know the reveal this time, right? So you're watching her. She's in this orphanage, and she worms away into a family. And I'm like I'm like watching like. This is okay, but like you're kind of just doing the first film backwards, right? Because you already know you already know the reveal, and then this one, I guess this is going to be this franchise's hook. This one flips the script in a completely unexpected way halfway through that I won't reveal here because this film just came out a few months ago. And similarly, I was kind of like, it's not, it's not going to be winning any Oscars. Um, it's very schlocky, but it's it's kind of irresistibly fun. In, in a very silly way, and I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, it's on Paramount. This though, the, the thing that the thing that I didn't love about it was that performances are, are just kind of okay, not great, not terrible. But yeah, it's it's got that kind of we're making a serious film, so it's gray and blue, and every and ninety percent of it takes place at night, and you can't see what's going on. And worse than even the color grading, I haven't even seen a film do this in quite a few years. I feel like it's not in vogue anymore extremely soft focus bloomy uh lens flary kind of vaseline scre- smudged on the lens it just it looks terrible i mean it is a very bad looking film i will say that very washed out and lifeless because that's kind of the, the 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 central figure she's like from is it Moldova? No, she's from she's like from Central Europe, kind of. So they 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 do very stereotypical scenes of her at the at the. It's actually a mental hospital, not an orphanage, in this film, and it's extremely uh, stereotypical gray hallways with flickering lights and an ugly washed out palette. But then they keep that for the whole film. 
uh, Orphan for a skill for genre fans, you might get something out of it, but it's it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be one I would race out to see. Uh, we also we re <laughs> we I rewatched and I thought Brona had seen it and she thought she had seen it. We watched Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which is the first one of the mm-hmm. most recent trilogy. Yeah. Really annoying naming convention. I think Dawn should be the first one and then Rise, but I digress. <laughs> yeah. She thought she'd seen it before, but <laughs> then she went, What? When the monkey talked. And I was like, You obviously <laughs> haven't seen this then. And then I'm like, Did you not know they talk? And I'm like, No. And then I go to her, Do you not know what happens in the original Planet of the Apes? And she goes, uh, something, about, something about the Statue of Liberty. And I said, okay. Uh, well, she, was, she was thinking of King Kong. Yeah, I was like, okay. No, she's thinking of the Planet of the Apes, but she didn't know what she didn't know. It. I was like, okay. So Planet of the Apes, they crash land. Like, oh, what's, what's up with this weird monkey planet with no humans? Must be an alien world. And then it turns out it's Earth. And then this film is establishing why yeah. that is the case. Um, which, so one thing I... I Completely went over my head. Probably wasn't paying attention. Did she not see Stop the Planet of the Apes? I want to get off. No, no, she's an yeah. absolute uh, film. No, nothing. But um, yeah, one thing the, I from the Simpsons. One thing I, I I missed in previous watchings of of this trilogy was that I forgot that they do include reference to the the thing going off the the shuttle going into yeah, space yeah, during yeah. this film. Uh, but it's funny because I was I was I was, I was saying like we'll watch the other two because the next two are way better than the first one anyway. And I was kind of explaining that the funny thing is. Only this first one is kind of, it's very prequely. It's very, okay, how do the apes get smart? How do they talk? How do they take over the world? What happens to the humans? This film answers all of those questions that set up the iconic original. And then the other two are kind of just cool kind of action sci-fi epics that happen to be about monkeys. Do you know what I mean? There's, they're, they're very, the Matt Reeves films are kind of doing their own thing in the best possible way. I, I I think I had an appreciation for this one a little bit more. I always liked it, but I, I, I did kind of, it's like, we've criticized films a lot in the past that are excessively tying up loose ends from, from their franchise. But I thought this one does a very interesting job of setting up how this happens and trying to ground it in some semblance of sci-fi reality. Um, and I, I think I think the, the 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 big failing of the film is that you know James Franco is not good in it at all. Um, I think he's very drab and not likable and not believable as a smart man. Um, so I think I think he I think he holds it back. But thankfully, like half of the more than half of the film is is uh, good old good old Andy Circus in his little monkey suit um, uh, doing his thing. But what it says to me then halfway through, this is this is I'm probably revealing to she's not in the house now, so she can't hear me say this. She goes to me, is the monkey a bit sexy? And I was like, I don't <laughs> I, was like, I don't really think so, to be perfectly honest with you. And, it, and uh, he's not sure, he's hedging his pets. Yeah, I was just like, well, I, I I don't really think and I was like, Do you think Andy Circus is sexy? And she goes, Not really. I was like, Do you not even not even like in Batman where he's kind of the silver fox? And he goes, No, not really. Like, so you don't think he's sexy, but when he when he CGI's himself to look like a chimp, you think that's good looking. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> she, she won't listen. She won't get this far into the pod. But uh, what about yeah. like Gollum? She any... I don't think. She, well, well, actually, she fucking loves Lord of the Rings. So I'm, I will oh. have to ask her about that. Mm, it's funny. We started watching those recently. She made me watch the extended editions, and then we we stopped watching because I was aging um uh years at a time and then i said like, we can watch return of the king if you want because like, this is finished and she's like no it's been too long we have to start again i was like kiss fuck am i wasting another 12 hours re-watching those fucking films um i said i i would honestly rather watch the, i'd rather watch the hobbit which i've never seen before all the way through than go back and re-watch the first two but anyway that's a separate um that's a separate thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, good. I'm looking forward to rewatch. I haven't actually seen 
the second and third one I've only seen once, and I'm actually really looking forward to revisiting them because I remember loving them both um, uh, when I saw them. But uh, that's all I've seen for films this week. Joe, have you got a film? Yeah, we watched um, Elvis, the uh, biopic <laughs> of <laughs> Elvis, um, which uh, is Baz Luhrmann. Um, yeah. Not big. F- I'm not normally a fan of Baz Luhrmann's films. I've actually, well, I've probably only seen two of his films. To be honest, I've seen Moulin The Great Rouge. Gatsby, oh, which Gatsby. I didn't like, and I've seen Moulin Rouge ages ago. Don't really remember what I thought of it. I don't. I don't necessarily like his style. However, here I thought it worked brilliantly. I really. Yeah. Loved it, especially. I think the, the my favorite scene right at the beginning, Elvis's kind of first gig where he's yeah, first sort of unleashed to the public, and the editing and the, the the frenetic energy of it. It's just it's it's tremendous. It works perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like you could have ended the film there. I'd have been like perfect film. Give it give it the Oscar. It was great. <laughs> um, I love that moment, and I thought there was um, a lot of love fantastic moments in it. Um, I think it it's a strange film because it it covers his whole career, but it also feels like it, it doesn't cover anything in, in depth in a way it jumps pretty yeah. quickly through his kind of timeline. And of course the the elephant man in the room is uh, Tom Hanks in the, the, the makeup and the prosthetics and everything. Yeah. I actually don't think his performance is as bad as the makeup would suggest. It is, it kind of, but it becomes more comical and a bit silly because of that. But they really, and I think the problem with this type of biography is it becomes quite fawning to the main act because they obviously need permission to use the music. They need permission to use all the copyrights and everything. So they can't, I mean, the Elton John one was pretty raw, but I think Elton John's just very, yeah, he'll talk about his drug use and about all the stuff he's been up to. But in this, you know, El- you come away with this idea. Elvis is basically like Jesus Christ reincarnated. I mean, he's he's absolutely perfect. He knows anything wrong. Oh, he does some pills, but it's only a few. And you know, <laughs> someone, someone made him do it, and he, you know, he never does anything wrong. Um, and I think that that's part of the problem. It makes him a bit of an uninteresting character when Elvis is probably one of the most interesting people that if, of the twentieth century. Um, and then, of course, yes, I make the Tom Hanks character, Colonel Tom Parker, his manager, into. <laughs> just an incredibly evil man. I mean, I don't know if he was like that in real life. I'm sure he's, you know, he's a promoter, so I'm sure he's evil yes. and a piece of shit. But it, uh, very hard to tell that from the film how how kind of faithful it was. Um, but I, I did enjoy it overall, and, and the music is fantastic. And Austin Butler, I thought, was very very good. So charismatic. I thought was, the performances of the songs were really good. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I think. I needed a fatter Elvis at the end. Um, I don't think I don't think they really made him look like disgusting or anything at the end. He was still quite well. He was very young. He was only forty two at the end. I, I forget that that even that kind of you know fat drugged up Elvis shitting himself on the toilet was only quite a young man really well, middle age. Yeah, has to be shit involved. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, it needed a bit more of that, and I, I found those stuff kind of. The most interesting stuff was almost the, you know, the other path Elvis could have taken if things had gone differently because he was a great musician, but he was forced to do all this kind of cheesy pop stuff and these bad movies. And he went off to to join the army and then he, it all fell apart. And he, I I felt like if he'd lived and gone into his forties and fifties and got away from Colonel Tom Parker, 
you know, maybe he could have been this, had this whole second act, you know, this great kind of musician. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good, good biography. I did, I did enjoy it. He had enough sort of flair to it and I think it did, did injustice. And Butler's performance. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. I thought. Yeah. I, I think, I think he was better than, than Egerton in Rocketman and certainly better than Rami Malik in fucking. Yeah. The horrible Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you're, you're totally right. The scene with the, where, where it's, it's, it's almost a superhero origin mm. where he, where, where, Elvis Presley becomes the king of rock and roll, and and there's the bit where does uh, Tom Hanks say something like, uh, "The the girls, they 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 knew they wanted to act, but they were not sure how to react or something," and and they're like, <laughs> and you see oh. in her eyes that actress, oh. the actress, yeah. the look of, the look of frightedness, yeah. but like uh, restraining herself, feelings, yeah. Oh, so, so perfect. So perfectly done. And yeah, it is a very Baz Luhrmann-y film, to be fair. So you might... Yeah. Maybe after Back in the Day, I would say Moulin Rouge is is maybe better than you remember. Gatsby, I'm kind of, I think, in the same boat as you. The funniest thing is, over the end credits, it does have a rap. It's an it's Eminem <laughs> rapping, which is very 90s to have a, a rap rap over the uh, very Adams family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that, that's Baz Luhrmann style, though. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah, and that is uh, film golf this week. Who needs le Oscars? Uh, not us. Uh, we'll segue into television here uh, now. Funnily enough, despite being the one television show that we've all kind of watched in unison week to week for the last uh, uh, nine weeks, I've actually not seen the Last of Us finale yet. Because um, Brona's away, and I, I am being a good little boy now. I, I I haven't avoided spoilers, and I've got. I mean, I can just ask Paul. I mean, it seems to me like it's it's. Base it seems pretty one to one. It doesn't seem like yes. they did anything. Yes, yes. Other than I, 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 I don't think I, I don't think discussing it there would be anything. It's, there's be gonna be no there's gonna be no actual spoiler element for me no. other than you know no. the, the flair of how they did it. Um I suppose before we I suppose we could get into the stuff uh, um uh, about the actual how how did you find the the Ashley Johnson segment, which was the, the Ellie's mom stuff? Because I'm actually really curious how that came off. Um, what do you think of that? I think I'll I'll defer to Joe first. Okay. I thought it was great. Um, I thought she was really good. I didn't know that she was the the Ellie, the, the game actor, uh, voice actor. Um, I just thought she really looked like Bella Ramsey. I was like, oh, she really looks which is kind of a look, yeah, weird yeah. coincidence, but very like she's and she's like yeah. extremely highly revered by the audience as well as yeah, you might imagine. Yeah. Um, but I thought that whole sequence was was done very well. Yeah, um, yeah I, it, it kind of set it up. It wasn't too sort of. Star Warsy in terms of oh, there's a mystical baby being born. It was just a very kind of yeah, yeah, realistic, you know, raw, yeah, yeah. Um, and quite a plausible sort of explanation of how thing of how the whole thing unfolded. Yeah, the, and even uh, within that, they didn't point and go, "Look, it's how it happened." It's it, mm. it is done very sub- subtly, mm. and even within that scene, there's some. Um, lying about maybe what what had happened what had happened okay i yeah it, it, i will say for me it was a little bit weird way way more so than um when our our friend uh baker baker showed up uh i just couldn't hear anything but ellie's voice it was it was very odd yeah no. um to watch this actor having a uh, a baby in that and then Ellie's voice coming out of her mouth. I was like, wait a minute. 
I'm seeing double here, four Ellie's. <laughs> um, no, but she was she was very good, and I think the scene kind of accomplished its uh, what it needed. So it kind of tied the bow from both ends in a sense. It kind of gave right. you the the beginning and then also closure at the end. So kind of, I like that it opened with that. That was that was smart, and also reintroduced. Marlene as well, just in time for it, it. Almost serves as a reminder as well that Marlene was the the link at the beginning of this whole story that that started the the wheels moving, right? Um, um yeah, I'm I'm curious to check that that bit out. I really am, and I, I, I yeah, the the so this is I probably like before the show started. This was probably top of my list of things that were not done in the game that I wanted to see. It, would they do it and would they go there? You don't see Ellie's mom in the, in the original game. There's a no. there's a letter from her you can extremely easily miss. I, I would say it's bordering on an Easter egg um, uh, in the game. It's like one element of the story they basically don't touch at all. Um, so I'm curious right. about that. What did you make about the what, what did you make of the thrust of the rest of the episode then, boys? I I didn't think much happened. I thought mm. it was a bit of an anticlimax for me. I don't. I wasn't expecting some huge, you know, cliched oh, battle against the infected kind of thing. Like, I, I didn't. I wouldn't want that because that's not what the show's been yeah. about. But I don't know what I was expecting, but something a bit more dramatic. I, I mean, big point. I was expecting Joel to die in this final episode. Mm. That's what I thought the end of the game was going to be, based right. on kind of just things. You things guys, just things people have said. Is I thought, together, mm, yeah. is he going to die? Yeah. So that was kind of my guess. But then, I mean, I didn't, I didn't dislike the way they ended it. I mean, spoilers, but it, you know, it's Joel doesn't let Ellie be experimented on, and so, and then basically goes on a murderous rampage, kills everyone in the in the facility where they are. And so he's a bit of a hill turn for him, kind of confirming his sort of worst instincts. And then he lies to Ellie. And but I, and so I didn't dislike that kind of change in his character and in the dynamic of the two. But I also just felt it was a little bit missing or something. Like, if I, I think if I'd played the game as well, I would have been like, hmm, is that it? I want to say a bit more, you know? Um. Yeah, so I don't know. It's been a very strange series in terms of the pacing, in terms of the structure. Uh, the standalone kind of episodes were great, but then I was also kind of wanting more Joel and Ellie in the woods, in the wilderness, yeah, yeah, traveling. Yeah. Like I, it, it kind of over-delivered in many ways, but then under-delivered in a lot of ways. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of still positive on it overall, but a little bit disappointed. Well, now we have my side. I haven't played the game. I, I love the finale. I thought it pretty much nailed what really? I was hoping it to be. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Joe, though, in that I think structurally, the way that they they set out the season hasn't kind of worked No, in, in making things feel like they pay off because mm. things are set up so quickly and pay off in that same episode. So nothing feels like you build anticipation towards it. I mean, the only thing is the overall arc, the overarching story of the of the show is them going to the hospital in um, Wyoming or wherever it is, mm. yeah, um, making their way there. And then, you know, even even the way they arrive, they get blindsided. And, and yeah. you know, I, don't, I don't think they made it clear enough in the show that this was their destination that they were going to the whole time. That's yeah. what really disappointed me, that they didn't get there. It wasn't like, it wasn't, you know, 
getting to Oz in the Wizard yeah. of Oz, you know what I mean? That was what it was like, but they just kind of get there by accident almost. Yeah. There, there, there's a the moment where they, they, even where they say, oh, we're here, now let's find the hospital. Even that felt underplayed mm. to me. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I can see how, how someone, and I'm not saying this case for you, Joe, but that someone might not have quite understood that, that they were just in a place and they got attacked by random more random people. They maybe not have understood that this was a destination. They I, I, yeah, I miss. I mean, I wasn't paying full attention as usual. I was probably <laughs> looking at my phone, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't really know where they were. They could have played that a bit bigger yeah. to be like, "Oh, we're here," and have a little walk walk past the sign or whatever. You know, oh, we've reached our yeah. destination finally after all these travels. Um, I really like the giraffe scene. That's that's mm. that's a, a well known bit from the game where mm. they, they see the dress um which is nice because that that pays off a little bit of after all the the horror they've they've been through a little bit of beauty still exists in the world you know right before the finale or right before the the final bit of the game mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean again it, it, the, the episode was very short and i feel like they could have they could have played an extra five minutes maybe playing with just explaining things a little bit more clearly and even even the um the situation with uh where, where joel wakes up and ellie's been taken away for surgery i felt again they kind of underplayed it because i my feeling was they wanted it to be subtle and they didn't want it to be exposition heavy and explain what's happening but even that felt a little bit like you really should have been nailing home or really kind of driving home the point here that this is ellie's gonna die mm-hmm. you know um, the fact that she's being pressed for surgery, they're going to um, remove the corseceps uh, from her brain. It was it, even that, like it, it was, it wasn't said explicitly that that's what it was. You had to read into it. But like again, yeah. I, I understand why they did that. But then, by virtue of not saying it, you don't really up the stakes to the audience. And say, oh my god, this is kind of this is what the decision is. Mm. And so I almost feel like a lot of stuff in the finale and through the series, I guess, overall was they sometimes played it a little bit too subtle. And so nothing ultimately felt like it kicked into fifth gear. And oh, my God, mm. this is where the stuff, you know, this is the important stuff. This is what's happened. And uh, yeah, episode by episode, I, I even last week's episode, which I really enjoyed, I felt like you introduce the David character halfway through the episode, you realize he's bad. And f- 10 minutes later, he's dead. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I don't know if the, the the series would have benefited from an extra two episodes or something to just stretch things out a little while longer and build these things so to let them pay off a little bit in, in, in the context of a, a classically structured TV show. But as someone who's played the game and knew already the, the bullet points that it was going to hit, and so I already have that context confirmed in my mind i don't need it the 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 show to explain these things to me because i know them already mm-hmm. yeah um i i thought the finale was great but i cannot i could also as because i watched it every week with a group of people who haven't played the game so i'm also watching with the point of view of kind of looking for their reactions and they were confused by where they were and what was mm-hmm. happening it was like oh they're they've, they've been attacked again i'm like no but this is this is actually the place where they're going. <laughs> this yeah. is where they've been all the time. That wasn't clear to them. So you got to say at the end of the day that that's the fault of the show, ultimately, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, but now I, I, I really like the hospital scene. That's obviously um, 
from the game were one of one of the biggest firefights, and 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 that's something as well is that the the show throughout its its um, run has kind of omitted a lot of the bits of the game where you run around and shoot things, and so this might feel, as Joe said, like a heel turn because this mm. is the bit where suddenly Joe has just fucking gone on a murderous rampage. But of course, playing the game. You've killed a thousand people by that stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it doesn't feel so much of a departure. But the TV show has kind of foregone a lot of that f- in favor of just kind of touching on the bigger storyline points, the cutscenes, let's say, from the game. Mm. And so if maybe it felt like a bit, a bit of a bigger departure, then it feels like in the game it still feels very serious. But the in the game the focus is is more on the Ellie rescue than the mm. killing of people because that just feels incidental <laughs> by that point in the game. Um. But no, I, I you know I still thought I, I thought they 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 handled the 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 Marlene killing quite well because that's yeah. that that's obviously bad that he does that. Whereas previously he's he's, he's saving Ellie, so there's maybe a bit of you know James Bond kills a lot of people, but it's ultimately for the greater good. Mm. Here, you know, with with Marlene, there is a bit of look. This Ellie would want that she would save a lot of people. At, you know, would sacrifice herself to save a lot of people, and Joel makes a selfish, selfish decision to go anyway. And I thought they set up that well, that up well, because they had the conversation earlier in the episode about his daughter and blah blah blah. But um, yeah, and I thought it, it ends on the the conversation, obviously between Ellie and Joel, where she asks him if if what he told her about the the hospital was true. He swears that it is. And you can kind of see in her face that she's she's not even so much disappointed in 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 what he did, but that she knows that he's like lying to her, and right. and that's ultimately what you can kind of read on her face that she's. I swear, and she's like, okay, but, and then hard cut or hard hard hard, hard go to black, you know. Uh, did they? I mean, so and I, I assume that. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm gonna, and then in the post credit scene, when fucking your man from One Direction showed up, what was that? <laughs> oh, it's Blorco of the Blorko. of the Last of Us universe. Blorco in season two. Um, I mean, I, I I assume like the scene with the Doctor in the room plays out basically the same way as it does in the game. Yeah, it's qu- it's quite quick, but okay. It, it's it's a funny it's, a funny moment when that game first came out. So is just for Joe and other people who didn't play it. People, so one of the, one of the many controversies about this game was people saying you should have a choice uh, because you don't you don't have a choice in the game. And people mm-hmm. like you should because I mean we're so conditioned to having that in games. It's like oh press X to save Ellie, press circle to save the world. Um, you know, yeah. you don't get that. And the amount of, I remember like watching people play on YouTube trying to like shoot the doctor in the leg or something to like <laughs> not kill him. And it's like, no, you have to, you have to, you have to doom humanity is the, is the yeah. point of the story. Um, and you, you get no wiggle room on that. Um, yeah, I, I remember it being a very, I suppose this was kind of an achievement for the game story in and of itself, that it was actually a very interesting ending to talk about and see how people reacted. And some people didn't take it as a heel turn at all. And some people absolutely did take it that way. And people could, people, you know, being more bothered by the lie and so on and so forth. And there's like this, this whole kind of, I mean, I think, I think these people are in denial and they're undercutting the, the drama of the thing they claim to like. But then there's people like, you don't know that a cure would have worked. He's, he's being a good dad. It's like, I think it's 
they you can't without getting into hokey territory in the dialogue the the subtext is that it would have worked it's basically implied that it would have worked there's there's yeah. no drama there if it wouldn't have worked then yeah he's just doing it well, but regardless i mean the 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 it, it's it's somewhat subtle but regardless the, the point is that whether it would have worked or not is that joel made the selfish decision yeah to to, to save her for him you know as you see in the episode he he need, he basically needs her right um uh, you know, they set that up in the episode as well. They're talking about, you know, what what we're going to do after the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and so I mean that's that, that's it. I, I don't. I think it's maybe complex enough that you would maybe say it's not entirely heel turn, but certainly that what Joel does is no, is yeah, selfishly yeah. motivated, and hiding that from Ellie is equally selfishly motivated. Yeah, but you've seen you've seen like that was set up throughout the series that Joel does act selfishly on occasion so yeah and, and i also we we were talking about this in the discord earlier and i, I was saying this to, to to jack who's also a big fan of the game is like i do actually think the tv show perhaps even more so than the game very much established that she viewed her immunity as a thing that could help people and because they yeah. she does the whole thing where she tries to cure sam which obviously doesn't work and that's uh, i really like i uh, there's things I think the show does better than the game, and there's a lot of things I think the game still does better than than the show. But I, until that closing monologue where she where she basically just outright says she 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 would have like survivor's guilt from all these people dying as a result of the you know all the shit that's going on. The game kind of plays its its cards very close, which just you don't know what she would have actually liked. Whereas I think the show kind of makes it a little bit more explicit along the way that even though she never outright says it, she kind of like she wants to save people via this thing she has you know i think it's yeah i i'm curious to watch it and i'll report back next week but um uh yeah i i'm uh i'm obviously fascinated to see what they do with the yeah. next and I, I think overall the season for me was a generally a hit yeah there's obviously episodes four and five were a bit of a, a bit weak uh, a slump but mm. um i mean i th- i think look as far as video game adaptations have gone historically I think you got to say that this is this is a success. It's very it's a very solid show. Yeah. Um I I will say you know watching the finale my heart wasn't racing as maybe when I'm watching the you know succession or a, I don't know Breaking Bad or whatever, you know. Um there wasn't quite but that that's that's also partially because I played the game. So I know I know the story. Yeah, it's kind of it's bittersweet in a way because I I I just feel like a lot of the heart and mouth moments as I've been watching the show have kind of been, I hope they do this correctly and not what's right. going to happen because sure. they've gone so accurate that they're other than some nice little left field things like episode three, there's been like no surprises. If you know the story of this game, they have not curved you at all. And it's been, it has been, I feel like I, I feel like even if I, if I never, if I knew nothing about this show, I feel like I would have still really liked it. I feel like I've lost a little bit of something by knowing as much as I did. But at the same time, that's, I mean, that's kind of a good complaint. I can't complain that they adapted it too well. Do you know what I mean? No. I, I, that's, that's, uh, that's always going to be it. But yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it turned out well and I'm fascinated to see what, what comes of season two. Season two, I almost think weirdly will translate better to TV. Yes, I actually think so as well. Yeah. Um, they 
did confirm. We obviously won't talk about it. No, no, we won't, we won't talk about it. But they did, they did confirm that there it, it will be at least more. Than, it's some weird verbiage because they don't have two. They don't have season two and three confirmed. So they just said it'll be more than one season for the, the events of season well, two. It, it, the, I mean, the game is about twice as long as the first game. The, ga- so. the game is twice as long. There's time jumps involved. It's it doesn't pick up immediately after it. There's there's a, it's a it's a much messier beast compared to the first one. The first one, I mean, it really is so simplistic by comparison. Um, um, yeah, so yeah. We'll I see. think they construct what what's to come that would work better as a TV show than the, the kind of A to B case of the week format that that this has been. I think I think uh, Last of Us Two or Last the Last of Us Season Two, season two. And, and and what's to come. I think I think even the way the game is structured lends itself better to a TV format. Yeah. And I think yeah, when you when you think about, I mean, I I would agree. My big criticisms of the of season one have been the pacing issues, and I mean, it's it's not really villain week, but it is kind of a person you come across of the week, isn't it? I mean, it is. There's you know, like Sam and Henry, it's, it's case of the week, yeah. and, and and David, they're 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 in and they're out. When you really think about it, you there are less of those people in the second game. A lot, you know, a, a lot of the second point. game is, is just the core cast just kind of doing their thing. Yeah, it's the, the Last of Us Two is a lot more. The story continues. Yeah, from 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 A to B, rather than you know, in, in Last of Us One, there's the, there's the story is well, initially it's go to the fireflies in the fucking library or whatever it was, and yeah. then it changes to go to the, the hospital. We we'll obviously talk about what the story of Last of Us Two is, but it's I think I think the the overarching plot is a lot more detailed than walk across america to point b uh, and so like i think i think it i think last of us two will feel a, a lot less cases of the week and a lot more of a i guess what you'd say a modern tv show should feel like hmm. and yeah and, and of course there's a reason why they they've cast nearly 20 year old bella ramsey as as ellie i guess yeah yeah uh, i wonder uh, yeah i wonder if people are going to expect that the second season will pick up right at the end of the first season so well, I it's weird. I mean, like, if they, because there are, like, uh, so without, without getting into particulars, yeah, no, no spoilers no, about spoilers, what it's there's, about. there's like, the game is set, the second game is set a few years in the future, but there's a ton of flashbacks, a ton of flashbacks. Yeah. So my complete guess would be, since they've acknowledged they're splitting it into more than one season, I imagine the vast majority of flashbacks plus some additional new material to flesh them out will play out in fairly linear order for a mm. season. Um, uh, I would, I would think not. Actually, I would think it would be more of a Lost style hmm. flashbacks, giving context to the modern day story. It, we'll see. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, look, this <laughs> is uh, this is, and now it's it, the the big the big wonder going into the first season is will <laughs> they do it well? Now they've done it well, we can say, okay, what fun stuff are they going to do with this new material? That's that's way more ambitious. Do you know yeah. what would be interesting for people who 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 haven't played the games? Uh, etc. We, we obviously trying to avoid as much spoilers as possible. Maybe watch the E three E three trailer for Last of Us Part Two and watch that as a preview for the TV show to come. Yeah, I would love to. That'd I would be love, interesting. I would love to link that into the Discord. But the funny thing is, I've I I stopped myself a couple of times from from posting in our in our Discord group. I was like, oh, here's this scene in the game, and what do you think? And this is how yeah. it compares. And and. David is kind of done this way. I stopped doing that because you watch one or two of those and you're going to get recommended feed. Explained frame by frame. You know, you're going to have the whole, you're going to have like the next three years of television ruined on you. 
Um, exactly. Uh, which is uh, which is annoying, but that's just the reality of our shitty. Um, so yeah, but I, I would be interested to to see what people would make of it. Um, I almost wanted to put it on the TV for the people I was walk, watching with. Do you know, just the one in the, the reveal. cabin with the yeah, yeah, the guitar. The guitar. Yeah. Like, let's just play um play, play that video that that's your preview for season two but actually it's it's obviously was the the first preview we got for the second game yeah why uh, does why does ellie have her mother's voice in this <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's happened she's had some sort of out-of-body experience um yeah so uh, we'll we look forward to, to any news and developments on that i suppose uh sure no other real tv for me this week we're kind of still we're near god we really ripped through broad city on on paramount Still a very fun show. I, I, I've, I've greatly appreciated revisiting that. Um, I think it weakens a teeny bit as it goes along, but not to any noticeable, not, not to any massive degree. Uh, so yeah, we're enjoying that. But n- no other new TV projects um, uh, being watched in this in this uh, household. What about you boys? Uh, just the Mandalorian, which has returned. Mandalorian. Yes, oh yes, yeah. Oh, Get a Pedro Pascal fix. I yeah. need more. I need more Pedro. This is, I love the Mandalorian. I think yeah. it's just great. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what's really happening in this series. I don't care. It's just, <laughs> it's just vibes. I just like, it's just fun. This is what Star yeah. Wars should be. It's just gruff, serious character, and then a silly little <laughs> character having a bit of an adventure and getting yeah. chased by monsters. I mean, what more can you want, really? This exactly. should, this should have been the movie series. You know, I, I, I don't, maybe it wouldn't have been as good if they'd done a trilogy of it, but it's so much better than anything else. Rogue One and the sequels and... Andor, Andor's Solo. pretty good. Andor's pretty good. <sighs> I haven't seen that, but... It's, Andor's pretty good, trust me. Yeah. It's, it's different, but it's good. It's good. No, I, 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 Andor is actually good. You know, me, me and Paul are not Star Wars or Marvel freaks who are going to tell you, no, 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 you have to watch two seasons of the Jar Jar show and then like you, you get some real pathos in there and Andor's it's good. actually yeah. like it, the, the underwater city is actually um, a metaphor for, um, you know, no, Andor is actually good. It is actually good and, and interesting and, and the, it's, it's also not, um, I don't know, I'm Cassian Andor. I have to transport these plants. Darth Vader, what are you doing here? Uh, get out of you. Usa busa, Kassan Andor. Jabba, no, these are my plans. Get out of here. Not even Jabba, but... No, I won't race you, Sabulba. Get out of here. You see, you see that guy over there? He was in Revenge of the Sith. That's, uh, that's Kulu Alukta. Mm. Remember him? <laughs> Remember him? Looking directly at the camera going, Remember him? Oh, it's only bloody B eighty six forty two, the robot that is uh the torture robot that sparks go at Han Solo in that in the second film. It's only bloody him. Oh he's the main character it? now. <laughs> Coming soon to Disney Plus, a Star Wars story, B seventy two eighty six. Anyway, Andor is good. Andor Andor is good. Andor well, anyway. Mandalorian is also good. Mandalorian I'm, I'm, is, is I'm enjoying this this season so far as well. Episode two was a little bit like Flash Gordon y I felt. Hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It, 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 and Babu Freak was in it. <laughs> I know you love <laughs> you know Babu Freak. You know I love Babu Freak. I love the puppet. I love they have a lot of puppets in the show as well, and they're real I mean, puppets, uh, and it's not ma- CGI wank. Mandalorian yeah. does really boil Star Wars down to all its good bits, which is kind of yeah. cool, kind of westerny space vibes, good sounding guns, and a little cute 
waiting to go. I'm a little. Yeah. I, I, I eat at the thing. I'm a little puppet. You know. Yeah, you get lots of him in the in especially in the second episode. I will say though, Mandalorian still has that thing of you watch it and then you get to the credits with the the art. Mm. You're like, fuck. Why doesn't it look? Why doesn't it look as good as that? <laughs> yeah, I always thought that. It still has that. Episode two is like, I was like, it's like, why does mine look like that? It's that 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 thing. The <laughs> Mandalorian. Oh. What was the um? Uh, is there a video at the beginning that sums up the Boba Fett season? No. no. So how do no. we know what happens? Uh, you have to watch that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, Boba Fett was like what six episodes. Yeah, but the, everyone was like, oh, there's one episode that's actually a Mandalorian episode. And, two, oh, two and a half. Two Mandalorian episodes. So how do, do, do I have to just, read Just book? fucking watch it, you lazy It doesn't box. matter. Okay, all, so that happens is, all that happens is Grogu says, I'd rather be with the Mandalorian than Luke Skywalker, which, uh, me too, because fucking oh, yeah. it's way cooler. Than yeah. Also, Luke Skywalker's made out of computer now. Hmm. Let yeah. me think. A cool space adventures in the cantina where I don't think he likes me either. Or okay, uh, Adam Driver, do you want to learn to levitate a book? I can't levitate this book. I can't levitate this book. No, no crack at all. I'm going back. I'm hanging out with Pedro Pascal. <laughs> oh dear, good stuff. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's been good. I mean. I think in the first two episodes we're yet to have like a really great episode, but they're they're, they're perfectly watchable. Um, and as Joe said, you got a cute little Yoda boy flying about in his little egg, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> little, little floating ball. Um, oh dear. Um, I also watched South Park. Yeah, good episode this week. I thought better than the previous. It was about. Um, it was by ChatGPT, and actually, the episode was co-written by ChatGPT. Wait, actually, was it? Yeah, I suppose that's that's an amusing bit to do. I suppose a meta. It was it any good? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Clever take on it. Clever take on it. Okay, I'm still on season thirteen. I might get to. I might, I might get to the. Yes, well, you're, you're halfway there. It's season what are the, what are the topical bits I'm getting? I'm getting like. Nolan era Batman references and like uh, extremely early post election Obama stuff is 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 the culture of of my of my my South Park seasons currently. But yeah, um, okay, so uh, we'll jump on to Vidya Games this week. Not a lot of uh, Vidya Games this week. Um, I forgot to include it in my list here. I started the original Half Life this week on stream which is really good for for a game of i mean from a game from 1998 it's really atmospheric and cool uh, i'm enjoying that quite a lot um uh, and I'm, I'm persevering with woe long on the xbox which is really hard but i'm i'm really happy i'm, I'm sticking with it it's it, i mentioned it last week it's kind of the the set in kind of ancient china and it's an it's another one of these kind of faux dark souls kind of games and it's changed a lot from that formula. Like, you know, if you've ever seen it, if you, you've never even played it, but even if you've seen someone play a Dark Souls game, it's kind of like, it's all, you've got a stamina meter. And that's the most important thing in the world is that stamina meter because you can't block or attack if you run out of stamina. Whereas Wolong says, forget that. You can sprint around the map like a psychopath, wave your sword around like a crazy man if you want. You don't have stamina. It doesn't matter. You have a thing called spirit. Right. And it's like one meter that's like your magic spells, your blocking 
and also your special attacks are all on one meter that you have to build up by doing parries successfully or attacking okay. successfully. So it's very much kind of play well and you'll be rewarded. It kind of throws a lot out. Like, again, there's there's usually a separate stamina and magic meter and then a bunch of other mechanics. This one's kind of boiled it all down to if you do well, if you land attacks and you successfully parry, meter go up. And then it costs you meter to do special attacks and magic. And so it's very it's it's very different in that sense. But other than that, it's kind of what you'd expect those games to be. Lots of bosses. They're kind of tough, but you can you can learn their patterns and you can get them down. It's good. It's good. I think if you don't like those games at all, you'll have no appetite for this. It's um it's totally uh, doing its 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 own thing, but it's very much one of them. But uh yeah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's one for one for the 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 fiends for a hard action game. Um but yeah, that's that's all I've been playing this week. I need to try and like finish some of the things I'm playing because I still haven't finished Hi-Fi Rush. I, I think I mentioned the, the Wii GoldenEye game like like two months ago. I played some of that for the first time like a couple of days ago after not touching it for weeks. I want to try and... I still, I picked Kirby up last week for the first time since that game came out last summer or whatever it was. Uh, I want to try and wrap that that Kirby game up. But um, yeah. it's very good, by the way. I still am... I'm, I might have taken months to get back to it, but it's it's very <laughs> cute and very charming. Um, uh and kind of easy, but in a way I kind of like, like not kind of boring easy. It's just like, you know, all the plinky ploppies and the nice sound effects of, of doing good platforming in Mario, but even easier. And I like yeah. that. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's what I'm playing at the moment. Yeah. Next on my list, it's Little Kirby. Hell yes. It's a great um, cover, too. It is Kirby and Forgotten Land. I, uh, speaking of finished games... Uh, I don't have a PS5 here anymore because I finished God of War Ragnarok. Ooh. Uh, I loved it. You loved it? Yeah, it was everything I hoped it would be. Um, I think my enjoyment of it is is partially due to the fact that I, I was so slow to play it. So I never felt its length. I never felt burnt out on, my God, right. this keeps going. Uh, it took, I, I, my total play time was 28 hours. Because uh, I did a lot of side quest stuff as well, That's but not I too bad, though. it took it took me two and a half months to beat, so I played it pretty slowly. Um, but no, I thought I thought the story was 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 great. Uh, I love how it plays. Uh, the performances, especially Christopher Judge, fucking excellent. Uh, yeah, I loved the way the story went, especially towards the end. Although, without spoiling anything, I feel like the end didn't quite hit as hard as I thought it would. Um but no I loved it. I loved it. Uh definite definite uh, a high nine out of ten for me, I feel like. Um and would love to see more from the boys in Santa Monica. Uh big, big, big thumbs up on that. Um there's definitely as I said, there's moments of the game where I think they try to be a little bit too clever in switching it up and there's there's stuff in it that does not work. The, uh, the the going around real slowly on a yak. Yeah. And the uh, look which way the the wolves' heads go. That's the direction of the objective. Don't do that next time. That stuff is dumb. It doesn't work. Um, just let me be Kratos, fucking hitting things in the head with a big axe. That's the stuff that works. That's the good shit. More of that. But no, I thought I thought even even the the kind of minor characters had interesting arcs and. I like the way compared to God of War One, where you're you're Kratos with Atreus. I like the way here they switched up with different partners. 
made the game feel a little bit more different. So sometimes you're Kratos with Freya, or you're Atreus with Thor, or whatever. You know, different different partners. Just just kind of change it up, made it feel a bit yeah. more interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I liked it to the point that I'm I'm even considering going back and replaying the first one. Um, really? Yeah. I thought you were going to say you were going to try and platinum the the, the second one. <laughs> Beat all the Valkyries in that? No, thank you. Are there I'm more Valkyries in this one? I don't think so. There, there, there are other equivalents. There's an equivalent. There's an equivalent. But uh, no, I will not be doing that. 28 hours is enough for me. I need to play other games, like Kirby. <laughs> um, I also played and beat Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3 on mm. the Switch Online Game Boy Advance offering. So this is the... I think it's the... Um, Mario All Stars version of Mario Bros. Three. It's it's certainly not the NES look uh, graphics. It's the Super Nintendo yeah re- repaint. And doesn't this doesn't the Switch version have all the bonus levels? It the e does. Levels? Yeah, yes. that's a nice touch that they did that. I They're great yeah. because the the core game. I feel like I don't want to say it doesn't hold up because I know Super Mario Bros. Three is held in extremely high it's regard. Idea. but. Like to the point that there's like a, 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 a explain and the mm, about like do people prefer Mario Bros. Three or Mario World? Mario World is a hundred times better. It's a hundred times better. Yeah, it's a hundred times better than Mario Bros. Three. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, you don't get to Mario World without Mario Bros. Three. That that Mario Bros. Three definitely feels like the halfway step between Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. But like it's 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 not Mario World. <laughs> don't don't be making that comparison. It's nowhere nowhere near. Um, and so those those old levels don't quite hold up to scrutiny like Mario World, which is which is maybe the 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 best two D platformer ever made. Yeah. Um, but the the bonus levels feel like Mario Maker levels, but not to the <laughs> n- not like you know the ridiculously difficult ones but in terms of like they take the the building blocks and make really creative almost like with the lessons they learned from making mario world they go back into mario bros 3 and restructure some of the levels into way more interesting levels than you got in the core game so i would recommend highly for people who are into into mario bros 3 um but don't necessarily want to play through it again. You don't have to, because you can pick just to play those bonus levels straight from the menu screen. Oh, excellent. That's nice. Yeah, you can just you can just play those levels. And it's uh it's it's bloody fantastic. Those levels are, are excellent. So the first few levels are actually redos of the levels from Mario Bros. One. They do some of the levels from that game. I think like five of them. So it's like one one they do in the Mario Bros. 3 engine, which is which is fun to experience. But once you play those five. Then there's like 30 more levels that are all just wacky creations. And so some of them are like puzzle rooms where it'll be like a ghost house with 30 doors in it. <laughs> and so it doesn't play like a platform. It plays like a puzzle game where you're trying to figure out the, 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 the way to go. Or there's like pipe mazes and stuff. So it's, it's really creative stuff and, and definitely more fun than, uh, than, than what the core game is with today's eyes so i would yeah big big uh, recommendation for people who have the switch online expansion pass because it is in the expansion pass unfortunately it's not the core one 
but uh, Game Boy Advance uh, Mario Bros. Three with the bonus levels, which if if Nintendo had you know were, were friendly boys, which they're not, they would put that into the uh, Super Nintendo Mario World or Mario All Stars version as well. But obviously, they want that people are are paying extra money for the bonus levels. But they're they're fantastic. Uh, I was also playing the uh, the latest um, DLC for Mario Kart. Oh, it's a Birdo. Uh, well, I don't. I, I play Yoshi, so fuck Birdo. I, I, I only well, he use does, the- Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah, right in the hole. <laughs> well, Birdo's a man, actually. Wait, what? Yeah, Birdo's a he. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What? Although here it's saying her. My understanding is that Birdo is... Uh, oh, Birdo is considered one of the first transgender video game characters. Wait, according to, what? To Mario Wiki here. My understanding was that Birdo was uh, originally listed as a male. Now, that not, not, that, not, that, not that a man can't do these things, but, you know, video game designers in the 90s, I would have assumed being pink with the big bow was the indication and that the Birdo... And the eyelashes. I yeah. mean, listen, we can... We can have tasty eyelashes as well, but again, I'm in the mindset of the of men developing video games. To be honest, a bunch of lads making video games in the 90s. They would have because Birdo's from the 90s. I would have assumed Birdo was 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 a female. I'm gonna have to Google this anyway. You you were playing it's, Birdo. It's, anyway. it's actually discussed on the Birdo Wikipedia entry. If you want to go read about it, gender controversy. Um, controversy. There's no controversy. They, they can be whatever they want. But you know, uh, let me just. I, I play as Yoshi anyway, which also Yoshi can be. <laughs> Birdo's gender crisis is the headline I'm looking at here. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Let's just stay out of Birdo's business, okay? They can just yeah. fucking do whatever they want. Anyway, the levels uh, are, are very good. In particular, one which I think is the best level in the entire game is Yoshi's Island. Which is, uh, I don't know if you guys have played the Super Nintendo game, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island, but they've, they've perfectly uh, incorporated it into a, into a Mario Kart level. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Before the race starts, it does the which was the start of every Yoshi's Island level. And then when you finish the race, it does the Yoshi's Island level end music as well. There's loads of Easter eggs in there, loads of little references. Absolutely tremendous. So that Mario Kart DLC, Wave 4, I think it was. Ooh, baby. Fucking love it. Anyway, are you still reading about Birdo, Barry? Sorry, I'm just still... I'm reading about all these different... (laughs) What the fuck? Oh, my God. What? what? Here's the Birdo update. This isn't even... I'm not even on a Mario wiki. This is a fan theories wiki. This is on conspiracytheoryfuckingwiki.com. No, you what have to go to, go to Wikipedia. In a right. non-Mario game called Captain Rainbow, Birdo makes an, a cameo appearance in one of the missions. This is probably the best known evidence of Birdo not being all female like it appears to be in the game. Birdo is thrown in jail for using... No way is this real. Birdo is thrown in jail for using a woman's public restroom. Okay. But yeah, I have to you, you're, you're on QAnon here, brother. I'm on, I'm on the real dark fucking web here. That actually reminds me... Um. A uh, little uh, book off. I'm I'm reading uh, uh, Will Summers' QAnon book at the moment. It's very 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 good. You've asked. Thank you for reminding me as we talk about Birdo's gender here on the podcast. Uh, I'm I'm a couple of chapters into Trust the Plan. It's very good. It is. It's a very good read. Will Summer is kind of one of the foremost reporters on all things Q. With it, like a like a is, serious. He, is, is he is he pro or against? 
Uh, he's well. I mean, he's, he's he's talked about having to wear disguises to the rallies so that the people there don't kill him. So I think he's okay. I think he's he's somewhat critical of them. It's biased, biased um, fake news. So it's very it's very very interesting, and it, a lot of it is proper frontline kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and it's also like I'm kind of I'm kind of over the the going to a Trump rally and sneering at the people there thing. It's very straight laced. It's not like a comedy book. It's like talking about the actual ramifications and origins of of it and what it's meant um you know i think there's been a lot of faux documentary makers and 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 content creators a lot of online content creators kind of milking this thing for humor and this is way more kind of like how did it come to be what does it mean and what have the human ramifications of it been it's very good so yeah sorry there's there's impromptu book off there have you yeah so that's we'll leave birdo for now um Any other game golf before we move on to, to music? No, music. Well, uh, any album of the week this week? There is an album of the week. I um, I listened to the new release from Gorillaz, Cracker Island. Uh, I can comfortably say it's the worst album I've listened to so far this year. Wow. I, I listened to it probably maybe three times in total, which is quite low for a short album. I usually try to do seven, eight, nine times across the course of the week. I just uh, I hated every song. Um, really? I, wow. I it wasn't. I was expecting something very different. Um, I like obviously classic Gorillas, but to me this was just a Damon Albarn album. Just oh, him. No, 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 no. If you want to listen, yeah. Damon Albarn put out a single uh, album himself last year, and it was boring, oh, folk, folky songwriter. You, you can only imagine what I'd make of that then, because to me, uh, this even this was too much. Damon Albarn. This is like a week, um, the weekend album. What? It was like eighties synth and and. Yeah, it was like the weekend album. If it was completely shit, that's that's. I mean, the weekend album what, what wasn't great. Mm. To be well, compared to this, it was <laughs> white album. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, I, <laughs> the white album is a bit shit. Um, <laughs> I don't like the white album. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I could have barely listened to it. I just thought every song was annoying. There was one that's like, I don't even remember what the track was called. Hang on. I'm going to have to look it up so I can definitively slag it off. Um, <laughs> it might have been this, the Cracker Island sing. The song no, sk- no, Skinny Ape. Skinny Ape, which is right. an ultimate track. It's just absolute dross. Um, yeah, I didn't like any of it. So glad, glad that week is over. Uh, move on to something else, but they can all be hits. They can all be hits. <sighs> yeah, woo, baby, did you like that? Yeah. Well, you know, it's like they say, flavors of ice cream. Yeah. So good to good to listen now. Good to know what's out there. This is what the that's that, that's the thing. It's about. You get you get some some hidden gems and some ooh turds in the toilet. Maybe there is a crown in there. Who knows. <laughs> Um, oh, it's a shame. I listened to uh, the new Lathams album. They put out one last year that I was really into. They're a mm-hmm. they're an indie outfit from Wigan, not uh, not dissimilar to something like the Kooks, mm. that kind of music, or or the uh, not not Libertini, I guess, kind of the Libertines, that kind of sound. Um, and so this is their sophomore follow-up to uh, to the first album. Now, having listened to Inhaler's album a few uh, last year as well, and listened to their follow-up, and I was like, oh, they've, they've, they're, sa- they're Snow Patrol now with Ed Sheeran lyrics. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, the Lathams haven't entirely 
sold out for the almighty dollar. Uh, they still have a lot of their their Wigan charm. Um, and overall, I did enjoy the album. However, I have to read you the lyrics from the uh, the opening song, Struggle, because they do fall into a few of the, the same pitfalls as, uh, as their Irish cohorts. So the Lathams, let me just give you some context here before I read the lyrics out. Okay, The Lathams are a, uh, uh, an English indie rock band from Wigan, Greater Manchester. Uh, Alex Moore, Frontman, The Man. When they formed in 2018, right? Mm. Um, so they're probably a bunch of young lads. Let me look at what Alex Moore, what age is he? Lathams. So he's the, the front man is, uh, he's like 22, right? So they're, they're a bunch of fucking young, young kids, right? Doing, bo- putting their bops out of that. So let's have a look at the Lathams struggle, right? <clears throat> Opening line. I sometimes think back to when I was young, to happier times, but now they have gone. Oh. I try to remember the things that made me smile. So here's a story of how it began how it has gone and what is the plan. I'll try to remember the things that made me smile. This is like a uh, 70 year old Johnny Cash plinky bonking away at the, at the piano. Is it? I remember when I was young, mate, you're 21 years old. Can, can, can all artists who are that age, can we put a ban on them doing songs about when I, Oh, it wasn't easier when I was young, when I was a kid and things were easier. Okay. Well, uh, that, that song is shit, by the way, I hated it. Um, I noticed the world's turning, but I'm stood still. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's bordering on the reason why, the reason why, yeah. you know, the reason why I had to die. Did I bleed the blood of greed? What, was my what is my destiny? Um, oh, they tell me that I will wind up dead if I continue the path I'm on. Oh, I love you, but you didn't care. I needed you and you was not there. Oh, here we go. This is the best one. The world kicked back. It forced me to my knees. Oh, no. Lads, lads, lads. Come on. This is silliness. This is silliness now. This is faux deep nonsense. Happily, the rest of the album is 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 much more listenable. Um, I'll give you a little uh, favorite song on it. Facets might be my favorite song. Or Say My Name, which sadly is not a cover of the Destiny's Child. Ah, that was my immediate thought when you said early that. Early 2000s. But uh, no, I mean, overall, it's it's a, it's a very listenable album. I think it's it's number one in the UK uh, currently, I want to say. So they are getting a little bit of... Um, they're getting a little bit of uh, grip on the uh, on the UK charts. So that's the Lathams. They're, they're worth a listen. They're an they're, uh, inoffensive little little indie outfit from from the north of England. You could do worse. Like uh, like listen to Cracker Island. <laughs> which I liked, but I, I listen. The, the the title track Cracker Island, I definitely see how that could go through your brain like a drill and not in a good way. Cracker Island. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> to be fair. I don't disagree. I liked it. But I, I can't I can't uh, rebut Joe's take there. And uh, that's gonna that's gonna be music golf for the week, and then that is gonna be CSP for the week. Uh, thank you very much for listening, friends. We greatly appreciate it. 
uh probably a two-man power trip next week i'll be away um uh so the boils can um also i won't get to talk about the last of finale next week either all right it'll just be i'll be talking about season two in three weeks time um uh so yeah if you want to email the boys chair shop podcast.com is where you go to do that if you want to uh, send them some chat gpt marketing pitches um in my absence they would they would love it i mean they would just absolutely love it um so yeah you can do that you can also um send them like non-bullshit emails you can send quizzes or takes about wrestling or or, or television or whatever you want so uh, until next week it is goodbye from me it is goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. Goodbye from Paul.